When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm down on my knees in the dust I scream from the top of my lungs I found my way back to a higher ground Yeah, I just want to feel alive Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren I found my way back to a higher ground Yeah, I just want G'day Sydney, welcome to Higher Ground, special Thursday night edition of Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. I'll be here with you uh, up until about 11 o'clock and uh, the silent assassin is with me here in the studio too. Uh, so between the two of us, uh, we'll hopefully keep you entertained and uh, hopefully you might want to get involved with the program. We love you getting involved. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. that's the open line number. You can jump on the dog and bone, get off your pain horse and give us an SG ball as I like to say, one three. 300-01-1170. Might be about anything, but obviously most of this uh, program, the show tonight, for three hours, will have very much an Origin focus on it. Three sleeps until Origin 2. Can Queensland, can they uh, bridge this gap? 50 points to six, smashed, embarrassed. And they have got quite a few changes. Is it a smack, does it smack of desperation? Brad Fittler and, and Joey Johns believe the selection of this youngster, Reese Walsh at fullback, smacks of desperation. They believe that they should have kept him on ice and waited for him to mature a bit more as a player. But he's going to go out there in the cauldron. Will he be exposed? I reckon he will. And why not? Why not? If we see a chink in their armour, I'm sure they will go for it. Wasn't long ago that Nathan Cleary was exposed when he was in game one. It happens all the time, and I reckon that's exactly where the Blues uh, will target uh, a lot of those big spiralling bombs. But look, I hope he, I hope he comes through it unscathed, Reese Walsh. But uh, by God, he's a talent too. If you've seen what he's done, I know he's only played seven games for the Warriors. He's a real talent. But is this just too much too soon? I guess time will tell. We're going to, uh, as I say, most of it will focus on state of origin. I'm going to talk to former Blues player Brad McKay. A really good bloke. You, you you don't meet many nicer men than Brad Mackay. I was fortunate enough to uh, play with Brad um, over for a couple of years over in Perth, the Western Reds. Really good fella. And, uh, my goodness, he, he, he played so many games uh, with red and white on his back, um, whether it be Steelers or Dragons. But I do recall whenever he was in Sky Blue, he did a wonderful job for New South Wales. And it wouldn't matter what position, off the bench, lock, second row, 5-8. I think he might have even played centre. We'll chat to Brad a little bit later on. Uh, Zach Bailey from NRL.com. Uh, he's in camp. Uh, he's been with the Blues. He shifted into enemy territory. Has our Zach... Um, He's a manly boy, so he's a New South Wales boy, but uh, he went to uh, Queensland training today. Uh, we'll pick his brain and see uh, how preparations are going for them. Um, Jai Arrow, I believe, trained, so he's out of hospital. No dramas there. There are reports going around tonight too that Kurt Capewell, um, Queensland centre, he has signed a deal uh, to play with Brisbane Broncos from next year. 
a three-year deal, leaving Penrith then. Uh, we'll check with Zach if he knows any more about that, if uh, it has been a distraction around uh, the Maroons camp today. Now, Katie Brown's going to join us as well, and she will be joining Jimmy Smith tomorrow to call the uh, Women's State of Origin match, Queensland and New South Wales. Queensland, I'm pretty sure, go in as pretty short-price favourites to to hold on to the uh, Women's Shield. Um Oh, let's just hope that New South Wales can can get the shield back from them. Uh, we've got loads to talk about. And, and what do you make of, too, an article in the papers today, referee Jared Sutton, his uh, older brother, Bernard Sutton, uh, he was working as a consultant with the Queensland camp for Origin 1, but it seems that the NRL have said, Bernard, uh, we don't think it's a good look. Uh, we don't believe... Um, that it will be seen the right way for you to be giving information to Queensland when your brother is in charge of uh, Origin 2. Well, there was no problem with Origin 1. Why are we only learning about this now? Anyway, Bernard has stood down from his consultancy role with Queensland. It's okay for the Blues, though. They've got Gavin Badger giving them some advice. Um, What if his wife, Casey, happened to be touch judge for Origin 2? Would that be okay? Yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Uh, Let me know what you think. I haven't got a problem with Bernard Sutton um, giving Queensland advice when Brother Chris is blowing the whistle at Suncorp. Jeez, I think we're being a bit precious, aren't we? Get involved with the show. Let me know what you think. 0457 736 736. That's the text line. Again, 0457 736 736. And while you're at it, send me through. What do you think Sunday's result will be? Who will win? By how much? And who will be man of the match? Who will win? Queensland or New South Wales. By how much? And who will be man of the match? Great to have your company. Great to have you tuning in to this special Thursday night edition of Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Yes, indeed. Three sleeps until Origin 2 and only one sleep until the ladies go and uh, belt seven bells out of each other tomorrow night on the Sunshine Coast. New South Wales against Queensland and a lady that does so much good work for us here at SEN 1170. And at the weekend, uh, she likes to uh, rough and tumble with the girls as well. Very good player, they tell me. Katie Brown, how are you, darling? <laughs> I'm well. How are you? I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. I don't know. About, I'm uh, I'm in the pilot seat these days. They're trying to teach me how to, uh, to fly this plane and panel and present at the same time. Um, you've been doing it for a oh. while, though, huh? It's tricky. It's so tricky. <laughs> no, I've only been doing it by myself for oh, a couple of weeks, and I still have to have oh. somebody uh, provisionally helping me for a little bit. Oh, I tell you what, <laughs> it's hairy, and it was a rough takeoff too. We had nothing coming into the studio. <laughs> I think we were off air for about five minutes, and oh, my Lord. It is, it's fitting. It's, like, do? it's like sitting in a plane. I don't know what button yeah. to push. <laughs> Anyway, I'm, I mean, probably a little bit more dangerous if you're in flying boat. So oh, probably. I'm yeah. glad we're okay. No, there's a bit of turbulence, but we haven't landed yet. We'll land about eleven o'clock. So to, to all those out there enjoying the ride, <laughs> it, it could be a bit of turbulence along the way. Anyway, no, I've pushed your button. You are on and you are live, and uh, we love right. to listen to uh, to KB. So before we chat <laughs> women's origin, right? And I don't know that all of yeah. our listeners know um, your background in the game. How long have you been? playing? So I started playing last July. I made my debut. It's a bit of a newbie. So So what sport did you come from? Netball. 
Right. So I played netball growing up and horse riding, and yeah. then um, I played one year of Aussie rules after I saw the AFLW, and then I moved down to New South Wales um, three and a half years ago. Yeah. I started working for the NRL. How'd you go in, in the AFL, AFLW? Yeah, undefeated. We won a premiership up there in Queensland, um, and I loved it. I played in the midfield, and I'm probably somebody that just has so much energy, and one of my assets was just running. Yeah. So that suited me perfectly. I loved it. I don't want to sound sexist in any way, shape, or form. Right? My daughter, she's 14, so she plays rugby league. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and I've got to be honest. Like A couple of years ago when she said, oh, Dad, I'm going to play rugby, I thought, okay, yeah, no dramas. It's good because I just want them playing sport, preferably team sport. I've got a few kids, right, and just yep. the one daughter. And so she said, I'm going to play rugby um, with the, the local team on the Northern Beaches. And I said, well, that's great. That's great. So I turned up to the first game to watch her. She didn't tell me, uh, Dad, I'm playing rugby in the boys' team, right? So, uh, Oh, you're kidding. No, no. So she'd never played it before, right? But because she was playing with the boys' uh, uh, she was able to play down an age group, but she went really, really well. And then, so that was rugby union, and I'm not into my rugby union, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't particularly like the game too much. Love my rugby league. Anyway, so then she's um, she's in high school now, and she decided to play rugby league for the girls' school, and I went to a tournament last week, actually, to watch her play. I tell you what, Katie, there was some, and this is only under 14, so this would have been year 9 and year 10 girls. My yeah. goodness, there was some talent there, and a lot of them also double up oh, yeah. with touch, touch football backgrounds. And I, I was really impressed with what I saw at such a, a young age from these girls. Hundred percent. I can't wait to see what happens in the next five years because yeah. what what you're seeing now is a lot of talent. Like um, the current crop of the state of origin players, you'll see, uh, are really have improved in their talent. But the younger ones, even a couple in the under 19 that you're going to see tomorrow night as well. They're the ones to keep your eye on because they're the ones who have been playing touch, Oz tag, and footy all throughout. And that's where you just see the natural muscle memory. Like, cannot wait to see what they display in five years' time. Yeah. So you, uh, the, yeah. the big, the big changeover. So it's a massive difference. And we had to talk Origin, obviously. But I, I, this is, I think, this is a good chat too. Your background, netball, then, then AFL. Um, Nowhere in that is the collisions that you see in rugby league. Was that difficult for you to transition across and start actually making this these big contacts and, and hitting with your shoulder and hitting hard? Uh, AFL wasn't too bad because you're more swinging. Um, my trouble was kicking because I'd hand-eye and um, I'd take marks really well and then mm. want to stop, which is fine, but it was the running and kicking for me because I didn't play a whole lot of soccer. Um but it was more like rugby league. I've only really just started to get the hang of the tackle technique. Mm. Um, more of the arms, because I think yeah. Aussie rules, it was all put the arms out, swing them down. But in rugby league, mm. you just have to put that shoulder in so hard. Well, that's the key thing, isn't it? And, and um, mm. you know, and, and I've got kids. I coach the, the 13s boys as well. And, you know, boys that come over from rugby union, they're very much arms tackles. And a couple of AFL boys are arms. And it's trying to get that boys, we've got to hit with the shoulder. But that's once they get it, um, once they get it. But there are girls. If any girls listening out there, you can come from any background. Horse riding, netball, AFL, <laughs> and you can uh, make a success. Absolutely. With the expansion <laughs> of the NRLW then. Um, so that goes up to, what, six teams then. Is there enough talent? Is there enough talent out there? And um, is there a need to, for the NRL to maybe allocate talent to the, the newer clubs? 
Yeah, um, there is 100% talent. Mm. I think, sure, if there is going to be a little dip, then there may be. But I don't think it's too worrying to have girls who are 18 and 19 playing in these NRLW squads. I heard a conversation the other day, like... Um, one of the girls is only just turned 19 and don't want her to experience NRLW yet because she's not old enough. I'm like, look at NRL players. Mm. We're talking about, you know, um, Joseph Suwali, who wasn't even 18 and had to get special exemption. He, uh, you know, they, these stories happen in the women. The women mature a lot earlier anyway. I think, I think we're more than capable and completely fine. I'm sure. I'm sure you are. Now, um, commentary tomorrow with uh, with uh, James yeah. James Smith, Esquire. Uh, so, <laughs> are you doing the play by play, and he's the special comments, or how's it working? No, so he's doing play by play, and he somehow thinks after I've played 13 games for South, so I can be an expert. Um, yeah, of course, you can. So <laughs> that's somehow I've drawn the short straw there. So you'll listen, be fine. You'll be fine. Uh, bear with me. But it'll be good fun. No, Can't you, wait. You'll be fine. And uh, if you're not sure, just just sound confident with conviction. Just bluff, yeah, well, bluff your way The great through. thing is they can't see it, can they? They can no, only hear me. So absolutely. I can just make it up. Well, and you won't, get, you won't get a word in anyway with Jimmy there, to be honest with you. <laughs> He's a good team player. He's a good team no, player. of course. Maroons, a big win for them last year. So who's key for them um, if they're to go back-to-back tomorrow night? Who are the big stars for the uh, the Queenslanders? For the Queenslanders, I'm saying Tamika Upton. She's the fullback. And then in the halves, you've got Taryn Aiken and Zahara Tamara. But Ali Brigginshaw is also a halfback. Dahlia medalist, and she plays yes. lock. So you've basically got three halves, and they all have a kicking game, which is super dangerous. Um, they're probably my four to keep an eye on in the Queensland team. But they've just got... They honestly have so much speed to burn out wide. They're almost like the Blues team in the men's. However, mm. in your Blues side... You've got strike power across the park, mainly Cronulla Sharks and Sydney Roosters, Central Coast Sydney Roosters players um, that make up the Blues team. Mm. And Maddie Studden, she's got a good yarn. Um, she's come back into the squad after being dropped last year. So plenty of resilience from, from Maddie. Was that injury or, or form for Maddie last year? I think form. It, was, it was form, form. wasn't it? Yeah, so she was... Um, so she was 2018 Nelly Doherty, so best on field. Yes. Then 2019 dropped, and then 2020. Oh, no, 2019 played, 2020 dropped, and then back in this year. Mm. So huge, huge um, huge story for her. She, and she's the halfback, again, isn't she, or 5'8"? Yeah. yeah. No, she's the halfback. Half. Yeah, Corbin McGregor, now Corbin Baxter's a... Uh, 5'8", and yeah. she's um she's a weapon, and they've both been playing for Cronulla this season, so okay. they've um they've got the consistency there. Tamika mm-hmm. Upton, she, was she the Broncos fullback? Because I called a grand final yeah. a couple of years ago, and she was uh, it's quite tall and good movement. That's her, huh? Yep, that's her. She was voted the best touch football player in the world she at one move. point, and then gave it up. She can move. Yeah, mm-hmm. fullback is her position. That's for sure. What have you made of uh, the women's origin since it, it de- debuted a few years ago? you think they, they should continue with the one game a year, or do you think it might be ready soon for a three-match a three match series? Oh, with the way they're going, I think they can be ready for a three-match series soon because I think you've just got to be – you've got to ask the players, and it's good that they've got representation in the RLPA because they've got to juggle their full-time jobs. But if they're getting financially compensated, then they've got no dramas taking work off. At the moment, the Queensland Rugby League players pull 10.5K from their one game, which is incredible. Mm. And then also from this NRLW season, your top-tier NRLW players can walk away with 28000 
um, and your second tier, 24 to 18, which is, again, huge for for the players to play footy professionally for what it'll be about three months of the year. Oh, I think so it's if we brilliant. can extend that, mm. oh, it's it's awesome, and it's it's only getting better. So I'm proud of the NRL for making it um, a bit higher up on their list, but they still need to make it a priority, not an afterthought. You know, and, and I'm you know, a lot older than you, and I'm, maybe I was a bit you know, stuck in the dark ages, but when my daughter came home and said she wanted to play footy, I thought, you yeah, know, go for it, girl. But uh, just the women's game. And, 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 and then I, I watched Origin a couple of years ago, and I, I sat back and said, right, I give this a fair shake. Let's, let's really – and I really enjoyed it. You know, the hits were solid. Yeah. The skill was remarkable. You can tell these girls, too, have been, uh, you know, in fairness, probably coached by some NRL coaches as well, uh, the lines they're running and all the sort of second-phase plays that you see in the NRL. So they're all really well coached these days, and it is um, it is really entertaining and, and competitive competitive uh, to watch. Crowd-wise, uh, Katie, I'm talking to Katie Brown, by the way. She'll be calling the, uh, the Women's Origin match tomorrow night with Jimmy Smith um, up there on the Sunshine Coast. What's the crowd like? Any problems up there with the COVID situation? No, they should get about ten to 15,000 still up there. Yeah. So, And that's capacity at Sunshine Coast Stadium. Um, they would have had that last year, but they did have COVID restrictions. So mm. all systems go. Awesome. awesome. Get there. All right. Yeah. Prediction, Katie Brown. Prediction, Ooh. then uh, winner. And I'm going to get winner, score, and first try scorer. Ooh, okay. okay. So I'm saying Queensland win. By four. Queensland by four. And I'm going to hold you to this, yes. So. And and first try scorer. Mm-hmm. Let's go... Let's go Boteel Vete Welsh, the New South Wales fullback. Okay. Just yeah. a spicy Yeah, stuff. that's a name I, I was struggling to pronounce when I called the game a few... Grand final a few years ago as well. Um, so she was with the Dragons, was she? Yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah. Roosters. Yeah. That's right. Okay, and uh, person... Oh, I can't say man of the match, can I? Woman of the match. A wow. Woman a wom, of the match. The WOM. The WOM. Ooh, the WOM. All right. <laughs> uh, let's go to Mika Upton, okay. the fullback. All right. I think she's got... Yeah, she was... She won the game for the Burley Bears up there in the BHP Premiership. Yeah. Um, so I uh, wouldn't be surprised she's got another big one in her. All right. Katie, thanks for jumping on the line, mate. I appreciate that. And uh, our, no listeners, our listeners can uh, tune in to you tomorrow, hey? Is that right? So 12 to 3. Yeah. Call time uh, with Katie Brown. And then, oh, that's a big day for you. And then you'll be backing up with Jimmy Smith to call that women's state of origin tomorrow night from the Sunshine Coast. You've got a big uh, 24 hours yeah. ahead. Can't wait for it. Thanks for having me, Chris. All right, Dale. Anytime. Appreciate it. This is Katie Brown. Knows her stuff inside out. And she actually plays the game uh, with Jimmy Smith. I'll be tuning into that match myself. I might turn it down on telly and uh, tune in to, to Jimmy and Katie. You're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Special Thursday night edition. Stick around. We'll be here up until 11. Yeah, I just want to feel alive. This is Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Great to have your company on this uh, Thursday night. A little bit different because uh, normally we have a higher ground in here on a Monday, Wednesday and Friday night. Uh, I've been booted off the booted off the schedule basically for Friday night. So that's why I'm here tonight. Uh, tomorrow you can tune in as uh, as we said there earlier, uh, listening to uh, to Katie Brown. Um, she's great, isn't she, Katie? And she'll be talking, uh, commentating with Jimmy Smith tomorrow for the Women's State of Origin match. Queensland go in as the favourites. They're holding the shield. 
Um, but I just don't know. I don't know. I don't. To be honest with you, I hold my hand up. I don't know enough about the women's game to uh, to say should they uh, do they deserve to be favourites. I've been listening to uh, some of our fellow presenters here, and um, it's a you know a star-studded Queensland outfit. I, I know that, and I've seen a few of the girls run around. As, as I said, I I called one of the uh, NRLW Grand Finals a couple of years ago and was really, really impressed with the standard um, of that. So you can tune in tomorrow night to uh, to Katie Brown, and uh, Jimmy Smith will be calling all the action there uh, on SEN. We've got loads to look forward to here. I'm going to try and get Brett Finch on the line too. Uh, what time are we talking now? Um, it's 20 to 9, 20 to 9. So, yeah, Finchy, Finchy will still be around, I'm sure. He won't have dived into bed uh, just yet. Um, he's got some stories to tell, I'm sure, about New South Wales and his time in camp. And we all remember that uh, that Brett Finch fairy tale um, drop goal, field goal. I can't even remember what year that was now. 2005 rings a bell? Don't know. Can't remember. Uh, I'm sure Finchie will remember that. I'm going to talk a bit later on in the program uh, to uh, Zach Bailey from NRL.com. He's been floating around both the New South Wales and the Queensland camps. Uh, is with Queensland today. Uh, news, by the way, too, coming out tonight. Kurt Capewell. Um, has signed a three-year deal with the Brisbane Broncos. So uh, the, watch this space. It hasn't been confirmed uh, by Kurt uh, or by the Broncos or by Penrith at this stage, but uh, it looks like it's pretty good mail that the deal is done. You will recall, I think it was last night, Ben Eichen on his final show on NRL 360 uh, pretty much alluded to the fact, or I think he sort of said along the lines uh, when asked, is there any one player that you would like to get uh, to the Brisbane? And uh, Kurt Catewell's name came up, whether the deal had already been done. And um, Ben Iken knew about it, not so sure. But uh, it looks like that will happen. So we'll chat to Zach Bailey a bit later on as well. And uh, Brad Mackay. Uh, we're going to chat to Brad Mackay. Boy, he did some good things for New South Wales. Played 17 games for the Blues across um, seven series it was. And there aren't many players, you know, that can say they played seven series, consecutive series. Oftentimes a player will be ruled out of a series, uh, whether it be due to form or injury, or even suspension, I guess. But Brad, um, he was a bit of a clean skin, wasn't he? Still is, but a great fella. And it didn't matter where you put Brad Mackay. Um, a real utility. Great fella. We're going to chat to Brad a, a bit later on as well. Now, uh, Brisbane Broncos, uh, we know all the dramas that they have been having. Um, you got a feel for, for Kevy Walters, uh, I guess, in part. Um, mind you, uh, he's been given... He's been given the reins. It's his debut uh, as an NRL coach. Was coaching Queensland for a number of years. Very different, though, isn't it? Uh, the daily rigours of the NRL over, you know, what is it, nine months or ten months, rather than just an Origin series. And some will say that he's inherited um, some of the problems he's got at the moment. We know that uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. and Matt Lodge have, have been tapped on the shoulder. They aren't required. There are other players that have already been let go. Uh, Xavier Coates, um, who has also been dropped from uh, Origin 2. He's off to Melbourne Storm next year. Uh, we know in uh, the previous 12 months or the previous six months, Reese Walsh, yeah, you know that name, the boy that's making his debut for Queensland on Sunday. Uh, he was let go by Brisbane. And uh, he really is making a name for himself across the Tasman. But even before that, you've also got the likes of, you know, um, 
others, David Fafida, that, that have gone on and, and moved on. So there's been a real sort of, um, I don't know, a turnstile, swinging, re- revolving door there at the Broncos. So their recruitment or football manager, Peter Nolan, he was uh, show, shown the exit door himself. And the, the, the club itself is in, well, a big, big transition. Now, we often say that, you know, and people were laughing and pointing fun at Phil Gould when he was saying, you know, the Penrith Panthers, it's a five-year you know, five job. It's a long-term job. Well, it is. It is. And I think Kevy Walters, uh, he will really not so much be judged on this year's runs on the board or lack thereof, but when he gets more of a squad that he has assembled and he's got his fingerprints all over, and that should start taking effect next year, if they have the same sort of problems that they've been having this year, well, you know, then the, the pressure gauge might might start to rise uh, on, on Kevy Walters. Now, there have been players, we believe, um, sticking the knife or the boot into Kevy Walters over, over the past few days. And I was talking to Steve Renoff earlier this week, and he was saying, you know what, the players that are doing that, these unnamed players, um, you know, unsourced players that have been going to the media and Steve was saying, you know, the players, and there might only be a couple of them, generally he believes these stories are coming from the players that are no longer wanted at the club. Now, Gordon Tallis, uh, he tells it as he sees it, and I love watching Gordy as a player, and I love what he does in the media as well. He's not afraid of anyone. He doesn't really care what people think about him, and I love that approach. But I tell you what, he really uh, has gone into bat big time uh, for Kevy Walters. They're at the bottom of the table. They got the wooden spoon last year. The guy that's in charge of them now wasn't there. I know how passionate, I know how hard he's working to turn them around. Okay? And the ship was actually sinking. It was full of water, it was sinking, and to turn it back around. And if the three players, I think it's a few players, right? But I know who they are, right? And if they keep on going, Matt Lodge, I've had my issues with Matt Lodge. Do you know the greatest thing about Matt Lodge? Put his name to it. Big photo of Matt Lodge. Matt Lodge put his name to what he was saying. Yep. Right? So he owned the words. All these guys that are ringing the journalists or whatever, so I don't know who's worse, the journalists who wrote it or the players that are saying it, and write their names. But I know who they are. So if they keep on going, I'll out them like I did Robbie Farrer, and I'll make sure and I'll make it my personal. I'll get personal with them so they don't get another club because that's wrong. Well, there is the big man, Gordy Tallis. Uh, and, you know, he's, you can tell in his voice how passionate he is. He loves this club. He spent so long at the club and, and oh God knows, won so many premierships at the club as well. He was a leader. My goodness, wouldn't they love to have the likes of a Gordon Tallis leading from the front? The raging bull. Now, there's a front rower. Um, any halfback or, or hooker would love to play behind Gordy Tallis. You'd love to go in the trenches with him too. Um, but he wants to out these blokes. You know, put your name up. Put your hand up. If you wanna, if you wanna backstab the coach or go to the press, well, you know, put your name to it. And um, you know, I think a couple of them have, in fairness. I think Matty Lodge you know, did or said that you know he made some certain comments. I think you know, but um, yeah, Gordy Tallis, not a happy, not a happy Bronco or former Bronco. But you can tell the club means so much to him. If only the Broncos meant so much to the current batch of thirty or whatever they've got there. Um, we saw, was it last weekend or the weekend before, where they were smashed? Uh, they had 50 points or so put on them, and I can't even remember because it seems to be a recurring theme at the moment. That's uh, happened a few times in recent weeks, hasn't it? But you see a cutaway to the players on the bench, those that 
are either injured or suspended, and, and even those on the reserves bench, you know, after their team was getting toweled up, uh, smirking and laughing and carrying on. Gee, things have changed a lot, haven't they? You wouldn't have seen that in Gordy's day, I, I can assure you. Uh, let's turn our attention away from the NRL and uh, refocus back on State of Origin and most of what we talk about tonight. By the way, love you to get involved. Uh, I've got a couple of texts coming through. Uh, we'd love to hear your thoughts on, on a range of things, but uh, who will win? Who will win? By how much? Who will be man of the match uh, for Origin 2? Um on Sunday at Suncorp Stadium. The text line, 0457 736 736. Get involved with the program. If you want to jump on the open line too, uh, I'm here. Uh, I'm by myself. Well, I'm not by myself. The silent assassin's here, but for some reason he's decided to be silent on me and he hasn't even got the, the headphones on at the moment, so we'll sort that out and we'll get him on air as well. I want to get his opinion on a few things. Uh, but, yeah, mostly an origin theme. We're here until 11 o'clock, this special Thursday night edition of High ground. If we talk a bit of Origin now, and uh, well, there was no stopping Tommy Turbo in Origin 1. It was uh, the complete performance by Tommy, uh, and what we've seen from him in recent weeks uh, playing for Manly, uh, he, he didn't waste any time, did he, coming back from that hamstring injury, and his points and his figures and his stats, they've been off the chart, absolutely off the chart, Tommy Turbo Trebojevic. The worrying thing for Queensland is he's getting better by the week, is Turbo. Can he play any better in Origin 2? And as much as you might have a game plan to tr try and shut him down, well, that's not possible. As much as you might have a game plan to try and limit the effectiveness of Tommy Turbo Trebojevic, easier said than done. You see, the problem is this. And I've heard various people, and it was even in the papers a couple of days ago, this could well be one of the best backlines we've ever seen. But the problem is this. You focus too much attention on Turbs, you've got a bloke on the other side called Luttrell. You focus too much on Luttrell, you've got a bloke scheming through the middle called Teddy. Now, you focus too much on Teddy or Luttrell or Turbo, You've got a very sharp number nine that's very quick out of dummy half. And I reckon he is soon about to pounce. But then you've got a couple of halves that know each other's play so, so well in Nathan and Jerome. And didn't Jerome absolutely relish his time, his origin debut? So you've got so many uh, threats, so many points of attack that New South Wales have. It's always you know, always perilous to focus your attention too much on one player like Tommy Trebojevic. Kyle Felt, he holds on to his uh, place in the team. I thought uh, the other winger, uh, Xavier Coates, was a little bit unlucky myself to be dropped. Uh, Kyle Felt, let's hear um, how he plans to help stop the turbo train. The way that they use Tom, um, I guess, m making him rove all over the field, that's something that we got to really work on as a defensive unit. And he come off his edge quite a bit. I know he's down the left edge a fair bit there, set up um, a break for Latrell as well. So it's something that we got to address this week. And I know that um, Green and our coaching staff are going to put up some situations that we've got to deal deal with. So, um, yeah, we're looking forward to training. You know, that's going to be a big ask for us this weekend. 
You bet it's going to be a big ask for you this weekend, Kyle Felt. I wish you luck, my friend. Uh, well, I shouldn't say friend. I don't know, Kyle. Uh, you know, buddy, I wish you luck. Uh, it's going to be a real tough a tough mission in the cauldron that is Suncorp Stadium. You've got that in your favour. Uh, you've got the fact there'll be next to no uh, blue shirts there, but um, there were no blue shirts in Townsville, were there? Um, you, have, uh, you have got... Um, Josh Papali back on deck, and that I think is uh, your biggest plus for Origin Two. I hope it's a closer contest than Origin One, and I'm pretty sure it will be. Uh, up next, we're going to talk to Brett Finch. This is Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Yes, indeed, it is higher ground, and uh, thanks uh, for tuning in again. If you'd like to join the show, you want to have a chat with me, um, well, generally got to be about rugby league. doesn't have to be. You might want a bit of guidance in life. If you've gone off the rails, I'll try and get you back on the straight and narrow, although I'm probably not the right person to talk to. Uh, the bloke that's joining us uh, shortly, Brett Finch, he might have some advice as well. But the open line, if you want to have a chat, is 1300 1170 one I'd like you to text me too please uh, who you think will win origin two uh and who will be the man of the match the text line 0457 736 736 well as i said um this fellow might be able to give us a, a little bit of uh, advice on on issues around life brett finch how are you finchy I am there, mate. You're exactly right, mate. There's always a drama, isn't there, with the Queenslanders? They need what's what's the go? I mean, do you reckon they're making this stuff up, or it's just it's just legit? It just seems every single year there's there's something, yeah. doesn't it? There, there is something, and they like mate when they won eight in a row, they was, they love to play the underdog card. That's that's what they do best. We don't like these um, Queenslanders, Finchy, do we? No, we don't. And you know what, mate? If they go off what they uh, what they reported after the first game, they said they want. Uh, everyone training every day, so you'd expect them to um, let Jai go. You'd think, wouldn't you, if he's in the hospital on a drip, mm. you'd think that, that's he's no good. They're going to need bring more. Someone else. They're going to need more than Jai Arrow, aren't they? Hey, before we chat, what are you up to? What, what, what's your day been like today? Well, I haven't had you on um, you know, late-night radio before like this, where the rules are a little no, bit No, well, I've, I've been filming for Fletch this week uh, on the drive show. I had the day off today, which was uh, good. Yeah, but um, mate, uh, other than that, just chasing around my little two-year-old daughter. She's um, she's got the combination. She looks like my wife, thank God. But yeah. uh, I think she her behaviour's after me. She's just flat stick, non-stop. Okay, um, only one gear. Only one gear, and uh, <laughs> she's been a lot of fun. So it's certainly uh, a changing pace for me, mate. To uh, what uh, my days off used to be like years ago. I bet it's a beautiful age, though, too. When the little ones are that age, oh gee, and, and even probably three and four is even better. The, the two you can get those tantrums, and then three and four they get more of a personality. Oh geez, wait till her personality yeah. comes out if she's got your genes. Yeah, I know. And don't worry about the tantrums. That 40, I've still got tantrums. So, too, yeah. I think uh, I should be able to put up with <laughs> oh, There are things you can do about that. Anyway, uh, Finchie, now, uh, thanks for jumping on. Now, it's at late notice, so I didn't even go through. How many games did you play, Origin? Do you know? Three Origin games, mate. Three. Um, Is that all? And, and grateful for, for every one of them. Yeah, I was, I was AS man for a few. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I played in an era where there was some, some great halfbacks, obviously uh, Joey and there was Noddy. And then you look at Trent Barrett and uh, mm. Craig Gower. Um, and, 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 you know, what? I was lucky. And even blokes like Matt Orford, Brent Sherwin, 
they never even they, they didn't get a chance to play Origin. So, um, you know, a few of my opportunities came through injury, and, and I was just lucky enough that uh, I think they went through about eight halfbacks. I think still, I didn't a call before me, but he was uh, injured as well. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I was lucky at, at, the, at a lot of times it was right, right time, right place, but. Yeah. Um, you know, as a kid, I always wanted to, you know, you love State of Origin, you watch it as a kid growing up. And I was lucky in an era, early 90s, where the Blues had a great team under Gus there. We won three in a row. So i um, very grateful to have played a bit and very grateful that I've got my own little, uh, you know, special memories of, of playing for the Blues. Yeah, I'll talk about your, your first your Origin debut in a minute. Brent Sherwin, you just mentioned that name there. He, he was at Canterbury. Was he the reason Canterbury flicked JT? Was that Brent Sherwin? Was, was well, that... yeah, well, the... Yeah, well, obviously, uh, it was uh, Shifty and um, Bracey, and they were superb. But mm. if you can remember, uh, 02, when the Roosters won it, the Dogs had the salary cap issue, but they had won 17 in a row or something like that. They, they were yes. um, light years ahead of everyone, and, and, and Shifty was um, you know, one of the best players in the competition. So he yeah. got signed to a long-term deal. And, and when uh, JT left to the Cowboys, that, that year he left the, the – Dogs won the competition, you know, and obviously Shifty and uh, Brace were at the forefront of that. So, yeah. um, you know, they, it's certainly hard at that stage to move one of those two guys because they uh, certainly had produced for the Dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You say you, you only played three Origins, but, mate, you know, as you say, there were, there were some great players that never even played Origin. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and in your position, too, there were some, some, some good guys in front of you. Mate, my dream was only ever to play one game of NRL, you know, and, and I only mm. played a handful, but it was just, to, to tick that off um, was just, just yeah, yeah, made you feel so good. Do you remember that, that first game? When was the field goal? That wasn't game one, was it? No, that, that, yeah, that was the second one. The first one um, was game two, 2004, and they brought Freddie back. So that we are, uh, I think game one, uh, we may have, no, we lost, no, we won game one, Sean Timmons field mm. goal. Game two, there was a few injuries. Gowie was injured. A few other blokes were injured. And, and Gus called Freddie back. And Noddy was actually uh, the originally the halfback picked. And on the Sunday before the Wednesday game, he'd uh, done his hamstring, I think. And mm. um, at that stage, you know, I was playing probably my best footy at the Roosters. And there were so many Roosters guys in that team. You think Minicello, Wing, Fitzgibbon, mm. um, you know, so many guys there, Freddie, obviously. So, uh, and Gus being a part of the Roosters as well at that stage, I, I was brought in um, to that to that team, and we played really well. I think we got beat by two points by the uh, Queenslanders. I think it was a penalty goal, but yeah, and I thought we played really well. A bit unlucky with a few decisions, but that, that was my first game, and I remember that for you know I always remember that because as a kid, Freddie was my hero. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously watching it as a kid, Freddie was 20, 21, whatever, and I'm like 12 or 13, and I'm thinking if I play Origin by the age of 20 or 21, Freddie should still be playing. He'd be 31 or whatever. And yeah. That happened to be the case. And, um, you know, I was lucky enough to play with him at the Roosters. He was my captain. And then, you know, to have his first game alongside, you know, your yeah. hero um, was amazing. Uh, a funny story about Freddie, and, and I want to talk about that Roosters connection and the similarities to this current Blues team with the Penrith connection. But Freddie Fitler, right? So, and this is not about me, but um, I guess it is higher ground with me, Chris Warren, right? So, back when I was under <laughs> under fifteen, Finchie, so I, um, I was, yeah, I was a plotter. I worked hard. I was probably you know, uh, did my best, you know. And I, I made the Catholic uh, combined Catholic colleges under 15s team, yep. right? And I was, I was, yep. I was the captain of that. But there was uh, at Holy Cross Ride, we were having the probables v possibles. Um, 
might have been under 18s, the, the 18s one. I'm not sure. Either one it was. Probable V possibles. And, we, you know, you play off to try and make the state, the state team for the Australian Championships. And the bloke on the other team, he had this massive, I think it was a left foot step. Left foot step, yeah, and it was either or, left or, yeah, right. F door, and um, he stood me up big time, made me look like a <laughs> lamppost, right? Um, mm. And it was Freddie Fitler. It was Freddie Fitler, and yeah. he didn't play the Australian Championships. Uh, he got pulled out to go and play, I think, at sixteen for, Pen- for Penrith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In your defence. Over the next 20 years, he, he made plenty of people look foolish for that big left foot. Thank step you. Had, huh? Thank you, Brad. Yeah. Oh, on that combinations that you're talking about when a lot of you guys at the Roosters and your undergust there, um, this current Blues team, I imagine, you know, coming into, coming like Jerome Luai did last week yeah. and Liam Martin as well, knowing that they had so many of their teammates in there, that would have really, I would have thought, put them, put them at ease. Oh, it, it certainly does. And, and one thing about combinations is it's, it's like when you're a kid and, you, and you're, you're maybe down the park playing with your mates and your old man yells out, you know, from the, the mm. back patio, you know, your back veranda to come home. You don't need to see him. You just know it's his voice and you know it's him. Yes. It's like when you're under pressure, as a half or five-eight, you can call a play and, and your teammates, they don't need to see you, you know. They don't need to look at you for the play. They, they just know it's your voice. You know, they know, you know that's the half-back's voice or the five-eight's voice. You know, that's the play we go with. And mm. um, for Nathan and uh, Jerome and even uh, Isaiah, yeah, who connects beautifully with those two guys as well, you know, in the heat of the battle, especially at Origin, we've seen how quick yeah. game one was. Uh, the speed of the game, you don't have time to, you know, sit and have a cup of tea and, you know, mm. draw up a play. You know, you, you, it's on the run. So to just yell out to, mm. you know, someone, even if they're not looking at you, and for them just to know, right, oh, that's... You know, for Isaiah, no, well, that's Jerome's voice. He wants the ball. You know, get me the ball. He'll get it to him. It's, it's a huge, Absolutely. it's a huge advantage. You know, under pressure in the speed of a game like Origin. Yeah, it so is. I, I totally agree with you there. The the Brett Finch fairy tale drop goal. So what was that? Was that at yeah. Suncorp? No, that oh. was game one in two thousand six at Sydney. Right. Um, did so you play at Suncorp? In, I did. My first uh, two of my games at Suncorp. My mm. first game in. Um, in 2004, in the game two, and then the game two in 2006 at Suncorp. And uh, I was lucky that the, the field goal, you know, I got called in the night before the game. I think I was, got to camp midnight the night before the game. That's right, you did, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and you know what, um, Chris was like, that, that situation suited me, you know. Like, yeah. One of the things in my career, no matter what the situation in the game, I always believed I could beat that. Whatever the odds were, I believed that I could be that. Now, it got me into trouble a lot of the times, you know. Mm. You know, I didn't name any limitations. I'd do something and the boys would say, why would you do that? And I'd say, because I can. You know, like, and that's not not being around, no. big headed, but no. there was plenty of times where it didn't come off, you know, mm. a stack of times. Now, when the, uh, that origin was, it was, it was a perfect situation because I had nothing to lose. And I, mm. you know, that was perfectly built for a player like me. And the field goal it was great, but the... You know, what I'm proud of was the whole set. You know, I was involved in the whole yes. set. And, and it was the fact that when the game's on the line, I always wanted the ball. And like I said, plenty of times I didn't come up with the right play. Yeah. Um, but it was lucky for me on the biggest stage, you know, it, it, it came off. And yeah. I remember early in my career, I was playing Newcastle and I went for uh, we had a 20-metre restart and I tried to kick for touch to find the line to get the scrum feed and it went out in the fall and I lost the game for us uh, against Newcastle. Mm. But that was the same reason why I did kick the field goal because 
you know, I always believed that I always wanted the ball when the game was on the line. But, um, well, that's you know, the, you know, the clutch plays, the clutch plays, Finchie, and, and you've got to, you, you've got to you know, back your players to do that too. The, the moment you start, you know, criticising them for, for going for that stuff, it sends them into their shell, and you, you want to see their personality as a player. Reese Walsh, we don't know what's going to happen to him, Finchie, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, his coach will probably be telling him to go out and be yourself, play your game, but my goodness, it's a it's a daunting stage he's about to enter. It, it is, but if you take it back, he was brought mid-season from the Warriors, so he's come into a team he doesn't know. He's put his his debut was against Melbourne, and Melbourne was one of you know they're one of the, if not the best team defending premiers, and they have got eleven representative players. So that's just a tough ask, you know what I mean? Um, so he'll, the softening up period is not in origin like it used to be. You know, that little physical first 10, 15 minutes. And Queensland has to do something. Because if they do the same thing that they did in the first game, they're not going to win. You know, so they, they need to come up with something. And we've seen blokes like Freddie Fittler play at a young age. Um, I think Cameron Smith uh, debuted in 03 after that was... I think he played one game in 2002. So that was that... 03 was really his first season. He debuted in 03, so... Sometimes you've got to take a chance, and um, he looks looks like the sort of kid who's not afraid to take chances, or he's not afraid, or he's not overawed by the situation. Um, so I think good on him. I think he's he's going to handle it well, and I think he's a danger for New South Wales. Mm. Hey, uh, do you reckon he'll be a target? I'm reading today. You know, uh, Nathan and Jerome might might send a few spiralling floaters or, or bombs his way. I guess that's probably on on the cards. Yeah, you know, I think whoever wears the number one mm. for Queensland is a is a target, especially as we've seen uh, with Latrell and, and Tommy Trevojevic coming through, chasing the height they've got. Uh, obviously, Reese is not a tall fella, um, so you know he will be targeted there. Um, but you know the, the, how quick the game is; it's really hard to. You know, obviously, on his kick returns, you know the boys will probably hopefully try and to be as physical as possible with him. Um, but, you know, how quick the game is these days, it's very hard to uh, really single a bike out and go after him. So, you know, I'm sure he'll give as good as he gets. He's, he's done really well in the limited first-grade games he's played. But in terms of under the high ball, I think with the, the players we've got, you know, under the high ball, uh, like I said, Latrell's one of them. Uh, Tommy Trojevic, unbelievable try. He scored on the weekend uh, chasing a high ball. Uh, anyone in that number one jumper for Queensland is going to be under pressure. And finally, mate, Blues by how much? Oh, mate, I think we're going to win easily. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be as a bigger blowout as um, game one, but I can see us winning by at least uh, a 13 plus at least. So, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, with Freddie in charge, he's not going to let them drop their guard. He's going to have them uh, tuned in mentally, ready to go. They're physically, you know, they're in good nick, uh, and I can't see them uh, beating the Blues. Finally, we're back on track. All right, mate, Brett, thanks for jumping on the line and uh, enjoying all the work you're doing too on SEN 1170. Love to listen to you um, uh, and I appreciate you spending a bit of time with us and get back to your little girl. She's probably tucked away in bed by now. Thanks, mate. I'll talk to you soon. All right, there he is. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Brett Finch, good fella, isn't he? Um, you know what I, what I like about Finch? He just, um, he's your normal bloke at the bar you'll be having a beer with and just you can understand him. He's not talking in, you know, in... in, in different languages and different tongues. Well, sometimes he might, actually. But you know what I mean. He uh, just calls it as he sees it, and you can really relate to everything that he's he's got to say. Stick around. You're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. It's coming up to uh, 13 minutes past 9 o'clock. If you're having a wager, 
Yes, if you're having a little wager on Origin 2 or, for that matter, the ladies' state of origin, well, you better stick around because I might have some good information up next. Down on my knees in the dust I scream from the top of my lungs I found my way back to a higher ground Yeah, I just want to feel alive Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren I found my way back to a higher ground Great to have you listening as well to a man who might be able to help you out if you are having a flutter on Origin 2 in uh, in Queensland. I'm just wondering what the uh, what the prices will be and what the margins will be and all that stuff after after they were toweled up, well and truly toweled up uh, in Origin 1. We'll be here right through until about 11 o'clock. If you want to send a text through, I have been asking, who do you think will win, by how much, and who will be man of the match uh, in Origin 2? Send those texts through. 0457 736 736 uh, is, the, uh, is the line if you'd like to send those texts through. Or if you want to have a chat on the phone, you can. 1300 Now, normally for the Prophets Guru, we play the Hoodoo Gurus, That's My Team theme song, uh, largely because I like it. Good tune and I start sort of bopping along to it here in the studio. Uh, But I can't find it. I've been tasked with the mission of flying this plane solo almost tonight. So I'm now not just the, the host and presenter, I'm the panel operator. Uh, Executive producer, the whole lot uh, into one. So, Guru, no music for you, but how are you? Yeah, well, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me, Chris. Always a pleasure. Um, now, statistically, going into Game 2, forget the 50 points to 6 scoreline from Game 1, in a, if you can. I know it's hard to rub that out. But am I right in thinking that um, most Origin Game 2s, around about 70%, are won by the home team? Is that a stat that registers with you? Yeah, it is, mate. And not only that, it's a stat which uh, also suggests that which the team that wins game one generally, uh, you know, struggles in game two. Not that they struggle because of a decline in performance, but the, the losing team in game one bounces back and there's an impending, you know, improved performance. And I think that's expected here. So Queensland, it returns to Suncorp. That's where they want to be. They have a 65% record at this ground, while the Blues, a 33% win record at Suncorp Stadium. Mm. What, what What's changed? If we, uh, going into game one, in terms of uh, prices, right, straight up prices, Queensland, New South Wales, do you, I don't suppose you have the figures there, what they were paying respectively for game one compared to what, what yeah, the right. odds are now? Roughly the Blues are around about a dollar sixty in game one. They're into a right. dollar twenty. Queensland were about two dollars fifty to two dollars seventy. They're out to four dollars fifty. So in a two horse race, I actually think that's overs. Mm. Um, but it probably reflects the the result of game one more than anything else. So if you are a Queensland supporter, and okay, uh, you, you might even think even the most um, loyal Queensland fan might think this could be a bridge too far for them but in terms of the markets um, and margins and the line you still may, may be able to back Queensland if um, if you can you know, get the right figures lined up yeah, definitely, mate. Queensland are giving away, or, or actually getting 15.5 points. That's 
big in, a, mm. in an origin game, let alone a game two after suffering a 44-point loss, let alone a game at Suncorp Stadium. Now, if Queensland are to win, their pack needs to dominate. It was quite it was quite a contrary, uh, contrast in game one. The Blues averaged 9.9 metres per carry, where, whereas the Maroons only averaged 7 metres per carry. Mm. The inclusion of Josh Papali'i, that is massive for the Maroons, but not only does it allow him to come into the front row, it allows Arrow to move uh, to the second row. It actually strengthens their edges, mm. whereas they're quite weak in game one. And take into account, too, um, Christian Welch, he was, you know, he played, played about 10 minutes. Yeah, and he, he's he's a key inclusion. Now, what, what what a lot of people don't look at with Welch is his speed of the play of the ball. That frees up a lot of second-phase play in, in the next ruck going forward. So you know, I completely agree with you there, Chris. Christian Welch is a big uh, inclusion again for the Maroons. One, uh, one thing I saw, and I, I, he's a strike player, this winger Xavier Coates. Now, I don't think it's got anything to do with the fact that he's leaving Brisbane and going to Melbourne Storm next year um, I was almost perplexed that they opted to leave him out of the team I think he was caught out defensively a fair mm. bit uh, in in last game, and that, that's quite a harsh criticism given it's a 180-minute performance against a young guy. Well, look, I think he'll only get better, Coach, as a footballer, but Holmes just offers a little bit more experience on the edge for the Maroons and probably is a little bit better under the high ball. Coach is great in attacking under the high ball, but mm. perhaps not so much in defence on the flank, whereas Holmes is. Mm. What about, um, you got any first try scorer markets that you might have um, that our listeners... Yeah, look, I've got, I've got two. I, I recommended via Twitter ahead of last game, Tommy Turbo was the best bet. At, mm. uh, I think he was about $12 last match. He's into $9 for obvious reasons. He's mm. just setting the world alight. Uh, the, the, the outsider I like is Latrell Mitchell. He comes in at $12. He's coming up against Dane Gagai. The outsider, Latrell Mitchell, an outsider. You don't often hear that. Yeah, exactly right. But at twelve dollars, it's it's worth some thought for the Maroons. Val Holmes on the edge at thirteen dollars. He's actually scored in game two. He scored uh, twice in the past five game two matches albeit under different circumstances, but $13 worth a bit of a flutter. And I do have a true outsider for the fans out there, mate. Mm. Andrew McCulloch, $51 first try scorer. I've watched this bike a lot over his career, and when he gets close to the line, he is one to show the ball to the left or right and go himself. So expect uh, expect Andrew McCulloch to do that again. And if it does, $51, $5 at that, well, it's worth, uh, worth some thought. He'll probably make 51 tackles, I can guarantee you that, Andrew McCulloch. But what is he? He's probably, what is he, second? He's third, third or fourth string uh, hooker. I think Ben Hunt will play a fair bit up there too. Um, I don't know how, how much game time Andrew McCulloch will be given there, but um, we'll wait and see. Uh, They've got some issues, haven't they? They've got some issues, but, you know, in the positive column, they have got Munster back, and he's got games under his under his belt, rather. He was underdone big time, and got a bit found out. I think he admitted that he was underdone. As you've already said, uh, Christian Welch played at 10 minutes. Uh, Papa Lee didn't play at all. So there are some positives. Um, I'm sure it will be a more competitive match, um, but I guess all the all the money's pointing to another sizable New South Wales win. 
Yeah, it can be a little bit of complacency in uh, in this game, mm. though. Like a, a lot of people, yeah, you can judge it on one match, but you, you gotta you gotta expect a bit of a bounce back from the Maroons. Um, I, I think if Queensland are to win, they need to start with shutting down Nathan Cleary and his kicking game because in the last match they they allowed 200 kick return meters to the Maroons, 101 kick return meters. So I think that I think you'll see a lot of pressure on Cleary, probably fourth tackle, taking him away from that fifth fifth tackle kicking option. Um, but if that if that is to happen, well, the other side of that is that the Queensland pack need to dominate up front first because if they're not dominating, the Blues pack are just going to run right and that opens it up for guys like Damien Cook through the middle. I reckon he he's my smoky for man of the match, Damien Cook. I reckon he's just been a little bit quiet this year. Um, all the talk sort of on these other big stars in New South Wales. I reckon he's got the opportunity to uh, really have have an impact. Impact. Reese Walsh. Then that's been you know that's been every all people have been talking about, and now I'm reading that you know he's going to be peppered with high balls, and really um, they're trying to exploit what they see as maybe weakness there. Uh, New South Wales. Is there a uh, try market for him, Reese Walsh, to cross? Yeah, look, a lot of people have said in the lead-up to this game that Walsh is a bit uh, a bit spooky under the high ball and using last week as an example. Well, that win last week was blowing left to right at about 60 k's an hour, so it's uh, it's a bit unfair, I think. I think he's a talented youngster. It, it, uh, it'll be a good test for him going forward, and I think it'll be a name which we see for the Maroons for many years to come. He's actually $21 to cross the line first for the Maroons, or $3.20, just to score a try in the match. Three dollars twenty. I mean, how often do we see it in the NRL? A player making their debut, they they cross, don't they? More often than not. Uh, all right, champ. I appreciate that. Anything to uh, to chat about the women's game? You you got anything on that? Mate, I do follow the women's game a little bit. The uh, the Maroons are strong favourites. It's actually mm. the reverse of the, the price at the moment. But you, you, the Blues are actually a very, very well-coached team. They have a bit of an underdog mentality uh, in this game. I think Ali Brigginshaw for the Maroons is, is the experience and the heartbeat of the team that will lead them going forward. But I reckon New South Wales are plus four and a half. I think it'll be a two-point game. Uh, if that, maybe four points. But I like the Blues there. And you know, there could be a sneaking suspicion of a bit of an upset as uh, Madison Studden returns to the halves to the Blues and adds a bit of stability. I hope you're right. I hope there is an upset there. Now, all this information, uh, if you are having a bet, by the way, to our, our listeners, uh, you can find this information at beforeyoubet.com.au. Beforeyoubet.com.au. Uh, Guru, I appreciate you jumping on the line. I uh, We are not here on a Friday night, and our Sunday show, I've been booted from that as well for this weekend only. Uh, I'll be back on deck, uh, well, next week sometime, so we'll, we'll chat again then. Mate, sounds good. You enjoy the weekend and enjoy Origin on Sunday night. Thanks, I will, mate. mate. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Uh, the Prophets Guru. And again, uh, that information, some good information there too. Um, if you are having a bet, uh, the website again is beforeyoubet.com.au. You're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Yeah, I just want to feel alive with you. This is Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Welcome back to this uh, Thursday night edition of Higher Ground. Normally here on a Friday night, uh, they've booted me off the channel tomorrow night, so I will uh, stay at home. 
What will I do tomorrow? I'll be watching the uh, the women's State of Origin match, of course. Uh, and uh, you can listen to that, by the way, on SEN 1170. Jimmy Smith and Katie Brown will be uh, calling that match from Sunshine Coast Stadium. So uh, tune into that if you're in your car or wherever, or if you're home, you can watch it as well on television. Should be a good game. Should be a great game and uh, will be very competitive. It may even be more, more competitive uh, than Origin 2 between the boys uh, on Sunday at Suncorp Stadium. I hope that game is a real good competition. Uh, after what happened in um, Origin 1, well, you know what? I don't really care. If the Blues want to pile on another 50 points, you go for it. I'd love to see it. That said, um, and my little fellas, uh, my boy was saying to me yesterday, my, my eight-year-old, uh, and we're planning to go to Origin 3. And he sort of said, Dad, what happens if we if, if we win Game 2? Does, do they still have a third game? And I said, well, no, they do. But, uh, but he said, well, we've already won the series. I said, yeah, but we still have a third game. It would sort of be better to go to Game 3 as a decider, you know, wouldn't it? But that said, I don't want to lose Game 2 just to uh, heighten the experience of Game 3. Anyway, we will see what happens on Sunday. Um, we spoke... Um uh, earlier on to, to to Brett Finch, and obviously he knows what it's like to be in and around a New South Wales camp. Um, on the line now, uh, we're going to talk to a journo, um, Channel 9 based uh, in Queensland, so um, very much um, a Queensland slant to everything he's got to say. Michael Atkinson joins me on higher ground. How are you, Mike? Yeah, I'm good. I nearly hung up talking to you about wanting to see the Blues put on 50 points in Game 2. That's tough to hear, mate. That's tough to hear. Oh, look, I know. But listen, we went through it for a decade, um, and that was tough. Yeah. That was tough for us. And suddenly, you know, the tide has turned a little bit. Uh, without getting complacent, yeah. without getting complacent, I think this uh, this team... Uh, it could be around for a long, long time, this New South Wales team. You're up against it. Um, yep. What's the, what's the feeling like? The way we like it, mate. Yeah, I know. It's the way you like it. Uh, Papa Lee, the big dog, you've got him back on deck. That's one plus, I guess. Yeah, mate, that's a huge inclusion. Um, you know, a lot of the talk was obviously about Trevojevic and Latrell and Cleary and Tedesco carving us up out wide, but the platform was set by... The Blues forwards just completely dominating the Queenslanders. Uh, and it was almost from the outset, wasn't it? You know, that, that first set, um, they were just on top through the middle. So when you bring Papali'i back in, um, it adds a uh, huge firepower to the Brisbane forward pack. I think starting Jai Arrow um, in the second row will just add a little bit more punch, at least early on. And then if you've got that explosiveness with Fafita to come off the bench. But, uh, yeah, mate, you know, you're 100% right. That Blues side is young and it's probably going to be around a long time. So... Queensland fans, we know we're up against it. Um, I think the Queensland players uh, are well aware that they were more than subpar in Game 1. Um, so they've improved their attitude, all the talk coming out of the camp has. And uh, playing at Suncorp is just, it's a different factor as well. I'm not saying it's going to get them across the line, but it certainly helps you run out onto that field with 50,000 people virtually screaming behind you. Uh, I think it's a pretty big boost. Now, ahead of Game 1, Michael, I'm talking to Channel 9's Michael Atkinson, um, ahead of Game 1, uh, Dane Gagai, uh, well, he had his tonsils out at the age of five, but he, he came down with tonsillitis. Um, uh, Jai Arrow, I understand Jai Arrow's been uh, on a drip in hospital, has he? Is he, he back? He's back on deck? He's back on deck. He's, he's risen from uh, his deathbed, mate. Yeah, you know, you know, us Queenslanders, we're tough. I'll tell you what, if, if uh, the infection that um, Jai had wasn't real, they're certainly taking it to another level, making it look real. He was bandaged up on his 
left arm and his right wrist where he supposedly had a bit of an infection. Um, and, you know, I, I thought similar thing with Gagai, you know, is this a bit of smoke and mirrors, the old conspiracy theories? Um, but he certainly played like he was he was well below his best. I don't know if he was just outplayed, but he wasn't it wasn't at the level we expect from Dane Gagai at, at Origin. Um, so his chance now to turn that around, um, and we get to see whether or not Arrow is genuinely affected. There's there's a bit of bit of um, tension brewing at the moment. Uh, Danny Widler revealed today that the Blues have um, unveiled vision of debutante Reese Walsh taking dives in NRL games. So they've sort of called out the 18-year-old and his sportsmanship and reminded him there's a gentleman's agreement for no milking penalties in Origin. So, you know, he, he hasn't even played a minute of Origin yet, Reese Walsh, and he's already under the pump. Well, that's what... Uh, welcome to Origin. Welcome to Origin, these mind games. I mean, we've been getting it for years from you, blokes. So uh, Freddie's, <laughs> Freddie's just putting it out there, isn't he? Uh, how is Reese? How is Reese Walsh uh, doing? Is he, is he handling all the, all the hype? Well, I mean, you know, from uh, an outsider's perspective, and by that I mean just going to training and chatting to people in media um, conferences and that sort of thing, the answer is yes. I mean, it's a very different story when you run on the field, obviously. Uh, but he's a confident kid. He he hasn't taken to the NRL um, the way he has by fluke. You know, he goes onto the field when he plays rugby league with a great deal of confidence in his game. He's got a few errors still in there. You can expect that as an 18-year-old. But I know John Thurston has been blown away with um, Walsh's willingness to learn. And, I mean, if you've got a guy like Jonathan Thurston in camp who's the assistant coach for Queensland, it wouldn't matter if you're 18 or 38, you'd be... You'd be picking his brain, wouldn't you? So Walsh has impressed uh, the right people, but as I say, it's a different matter when you actually go out there, you cross the line and that whistle blows. I'm hearing tonight Kirk Capewell has signed a three-year deal with Brisbane. Can you shed any more light on that? Um, he hasn't signed. Uh, my understanding is he's agreed to terms, so there's been negotiation, a bit of back and forth, and they've agreed on um yeah, on a three year deal, I believe, worth around one point five million, so about five hundred grand a year. Um but need to stress he hasn't actually signed. It's a, a verbal agreement to terms, um so there's no pen to paper just yet. But that uh when that pen does hit paper that's a massive coup for Brisbane. They've sort of highlighted him as um a key recruitment target for a while now. Mm. Um, you know, died in the wall Queenslander uh, born and raised in Charleville, which is in the western um, sticks of the state. And so that's kind of what the Broncos were, were based around. You know, they had a few um, blues or Kiwis in the early days, but it was just largely a Queensland club. And they're trying to bring those sort of people back there. You, know, you can't put Adam Reynolds in that bag, obviously. Mm. Um, but, you know, if the pen finally does hit the paper, it's a big coup for the Broncos. Michael, what about um, uh, Suncorp tickets sold out? I mean, has COVID... Obviously, there, there would have been a lot of New South Wales players coming north of the border, Blatchy's Blues and all that. Mm. Uh, what's happening mm. there? Um, they obviously can't come now. Yeah, that's not something that's really been discussed too much. I think you're 100% right. You know, people wanting to come up, travel who would have been travelling up now can't. I heard a story today, um, a friend told me that someone they know who lives in Brisbane but bought the tickets when they were in Sydney some time ago had them automatically refunded which must be what they're doing to people who who have bought tickets from and needed to travel up from new south wales or up from sydney um so a bit unfortunate for that person i'm sure they're trying to rectify that situation but that would mean that there are a few tickets um on sale again i'd say queenslanders will take every opportunity to snatch them up 
Mm. All right, mate. Appreciate you jumping on the line, Michael. Uh, talking to Michael Atkinson uh, from uh, Channel Nine in in, uh, in Queensland or Brisbane. Yeah, that's more more correct, isn't it? Uh, what, what, that's what, right. Yep. What's the schedule now? What's this for for, for the boys? Um, how many more sessions have they got? Just the two or just the one? Just the one, yep. I believe. Um, both teams get into Brisbane tomorrow, so the Blues coming out from Kingscliff. The- um, Maroons coming up from their Gold Coast base so they'll both touch down uh, in Brisbane and settle in our hotels tomorrow afternoon and then it's pretty much captain's run and rehabs and massages and that sort of thing and a nervous wait Sunday until kickoff just before 8pm. Alright champ I appreciate that um, go you Blues eh, go you Blues and uh, <laughs> either way either way, uh, we can still be friends okay we can still be friends if the we series can, mate. is wrapped up I, I, I'd love to see a decider, every series go to a decider, it's good it's good theatre, at least. Well, my, my young boys want to see a decider as well, so uh, we, yep. we shall see. All right, champ, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for joining us on Higher Ground. No worries. Thanks, Chris. There is uh, Michael Atkinson uh, from uh, Channel 9 in Brisbane, and he, he's right on the pulse there. Um, and so just confirming there that uh, Kurt Capewell has not, um, has not signed uh, with Brisbane uh, for uh, three years, but has, we believe, agreed to terms. So um, I'm just wondering if that is going to have any, any sort of um, destabilising effect um, on the Queensland camp. Probably not. Uh, probably not at all. Um, keep those uh, texts coming through too. 0457 736 736. Uh, apologies if my mic seems to be dropping in and out. Uh, maybe that's a little technical glitch at my end, but we'll work that out. Uh, keep those texts coming through. And if you'd like to jump on the line, you can. 1300 01 1170 uh, is that open line number. And uh, Jim from Canterbury is on the line now. How are you, Jim? Oh, good day, Chris. Oh, not bad. Now, I heard you talking to Brett Finch. Uh, 2006, he was called in. They won the first game. Then they lost the series that year, and then Queensland won eight in a row. Yeah, eight in a row, don't we? Do you remember that? Oh, well, I remember it. Yeah. It stretched on and on and on and on, and it just uh, felt too long. I know. Now, um, you're just talking there to that man, Michael Atkinson, Mm. about Kirk. Kurt Cape, will he give his word to go to Brisbane? Mm. I remember Cherry Evans gave his word to go to the Gold Coast, and it never happened. Well, yes, yes, uh, we all remember that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and how, they, how they would have liked to have uh, yep. Cherry Evans. But uh, remember they yes. booed, they booed Cherry too uh, when he returned. Yes, that's right, and they wouldn't, yeah. And they wouldn't pick him in the origin for a while. The players didn't like that. You know, when you give your word, you should keep it. Mm. Yeah, oh, well. well. Yeah, and I want to talk about. Ryan Pappenhausen. Now, they're saying he won't be back till round 20, concussion. Mm. Right. Uh, do you know that he, he would have been picked in origin, right? So he's lost like $45,000. Well, it's a it's a valid point you make. I can't say he would have been for sure. I, th- I think he would have been like you. I think he would have been. So he's obviously taken yeah. a financial hit. Yes. So he won't be back till round 20. They're saying round 20. How do we know? He looked terrible when they hit him because yeah. I told me brother I said this bloke's not coming back for a while I'm just trying to who was, you know? it? Who was it got suspended for that shot uh, uh, Phil Mono you know that bloke Phil Mono right. whatever yeah, he's, um, Phil Mono you're right you're right Tyra, and, and, and two weeks earlier he he hit Tedesco like that a little yeah. bit and he got fined for that and then you know 
And this bloke, the other bloke, Ravalara, I heard the St George supporters complaining. He went in with his head. He, never, he goes in with his head. He's done that three times this year. Yeah. Why don't they teach him how to tackle properly? You can't go in with your head like that. Well, Michaeli, he needs, I remember, to, learn. He needs to learn. He needs yeah. to learn. Remember Nate Miles and James Graham? They had hard heads. Yes, I did. They did had, had hard yeah. heads, and uh, so did yeah. Paul Gallen, yeah. and we know what's happened to him. Yeah. Do you remember James Graham hit the first tackle 2014 Green Final? He hit Burgess in the head, like he broke his cheekbone or something, and Burgess stayed on the field. If he did that today, he would have had to leave the field scene, Burgess. Well, that's right. La, he played on la, courageously. A la Johnny Sattler. Uh, Jim, we'll leave it there. I could talk all night with you, right. mate, chewing the fat, chewing the yeah. fat about rugby league matters, um, and you're a friend of yeah. the show, and I always enjoy it when you do jump on the line. So yes. I, I won't talk to you again. Enjoy Origin 2 on Sunday. Uh, listen, Chris, are you are you on every Thursday or are you going back to Friday? I'll be back to Friday next week. I'll be back oh, to Friday right, yeah. next week. So Jimmy and Katie are calling the game tomorrow uh, and I'm going to have the yes. night off. I might pop up the pub and have a couple of sherbets and then go home and uh, watch the women's origin with the, All right. the kids. Yes. Just one more question, Chris. Yes, Is Victor Radley playing against Melbourne this week? Uh, there's no games this weekend. Oh, no. I mean, you know, next Thursday. Is he Thursday week. Is he due back? Or has he got well, no I, yeah, I heard, yeah, because Brad Fittler said he would have picked him in the origin. That's what I heard uh, a week ago. I'm not sure. They said they named him in round 16. I don't know. I'm not sure. I have to look at that one, mate. Or if you can find listener, out. Our know. listeners might know. I don't think he's served yeah. four matches as yet, and I don't think you can say he would have been picked in origin, although he probably would have, but they did say they would yeah. have picked Angus Crichton in origin one, and that's why he's able to play in origin he's two. Playing, yeah. Thanks, All Jim. Right. Thanks, Jim. We'll talk again All soon. All right, Chris. There he is, Jim. Hi, brother. Uh, he's a good man, Jim. He's a friend of the program and uh, often likes to uh, call in. Uh, join Jim if you'd like uh, to join us on the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, or keep those texts coming through as well. Uh, that text line oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. You're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. Stick around uh, after this break. I'm hoping to talk to Brad Mackay. This is Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Well, just three sleeps now until the big one. Can the Blues wrap up the series 50 points to six in game one? It's hard to see how on earth Queensland can peg back uh, that record deficit. That said, um, on the positive side for Queensland, you'd have to think with uh, Josh Papalee back in the team, Christian Welch, he only played about 10 minutes. Cameron Munster, we know that he went into the uh, the opening match underdone. Um, so there are some positives for them, although I must say the loss of Harry Grant, I think that's a big, big blow. Uh, joining us on the line now is uh, a man who has played uh, many, many Origin games. In fact, I think I'm right in saying he played seven series for New South Wales. He played uh, around about 200 games uh, in the NRL for the Dragons, the Steelers and the Western Reds. An old mate of mine, Brad Mackay. Hey, Brad, thanks for jumping on the line. My pleasure, Chris. Origin time, um, for someone that has, has been in that arena so many times like you were, um, you made your debut, uh, when was that? Back in 1989, you made your debut, game two of that series, off the bench. Special time of the year for all of us. I mean, we love footy, we love Origin. But for someone that has been there and been in the cauldron, I guess it's, um, you must get shivers, do you? waiting for that, that, that kick-off to whether it's game one, two or three? Oh, I really do, Chris. It, 
it's an amazing moment in, in someone's career when they get, you know, selected to play State of Origin. And um, I always remembered when I got selected the first time, I wasn't I wasn't as excited as people were for me. Yeah. I always thought, no, the, the moment is when I get selected for the second one. Mm. So, you know, it was more about the second one for me. It was more about would I be good enough to play in the first one. And, um, and I was lucky enough, yeah, I, I played very well in the first one and I got selected for my second one and, and then I got selected for seven years, which was, uh, which was something I'm very proud of. Well, not many people, Brad, uh, can say that they've, they've played seven consecutive Origin series. You know, oftentimes there is a break for a year or two. It might be injury forced or uh, might be due to a dip in form, but you stuck around for, for a long, long time. I, I don't know how many Origins you played. It was 15 or 17, maybe. Um, that first one in, in 1989, so game two, you lost that one, uh, 16 points to 12. Uh, now, your coach was Jack Gibson. Queensland coach was none other than Arthur Beetson. My goodness, two of the biggest names uh, our game has ever has ever heard of. Oh, mate, it was amazing. Um, I remember a story that, um, that um, oh, Jeff Carr told me. He was a manager, and he was also the manager of the Dragons at the time when I was playing there. And he said that they begged Jack to coach mm. uh, years before that. And um, Jack said, listen, he said, look, I'll coach if I can pick the side. Anyway, they said, no, Jack, we've got selectors. <laughs> the year later, they, they went out and lost. A year later, they came back and said, Jack, we really need you to coach. He <laughs> goes, I told you, I'll coach <laughs> if I can select the side. Anyway, they thought about it and then said no, and they went out and they didn't do so well again. And then finally, they come to Jack and said, you can coach and you can pick the team. And, um, and Jack said, no worries. And, and I remember being a part of that first sort of series where Jack yeah. came in and he picked a whole lot of players that, that – sort of out of the blue and um, and then we lost the first series we lost it convincingly but the second series we won and um, that was just you know that was Jack rebuilding New South Wales for our sake but but Jack and, and um, Arthur Beeson were great mates mm. Yeah, that they were, weren't they? That they were. Uh, it's great to relive these memories with you. So, just, just, I'm just looking at the names from that your debut in Origin in 1989. So here we go. Here's some of them. Your backline: uh, Gary Jack, Andrew Eddinghausen, Laurie Daly, Chicka Ferguson, Chris Johns up against uh, Wally, Alfie, Mal, My- Michael Hancock, Gary Belcher. Um, oh, mate. Yeah, yeah, some big names there. Do, do you remember – so you didn't get too nervous then, game one, no? Oh, no. I, I, was, I was shaking in my boots. Oh, right, um, yeah. I was, I, was, I was petrified. It was, uh, it was, <laughs> it was terrifying running on to, to Lang Park. Um, it, was, it was a moment in time that, I, like, people don't get to experience the Lang Park of, of, of that year. I mean mm. – it was it was it was bad just for a supporter to be in in the um, in in the bleachers and um, as a player you run on and you just felt the hate you just felt the vitriol you just felt like they wanted to jump the fence and tear your limbs off your off your body um, but you know that's what made state of origin look Queensland are the team it's Queensland are the state that made it so precious and and then New South Wales were a couple of years after we we're always playing catch up to Queensland seemingly but. 
Um, you know, they made it what it is, and it's so important on the calendar, and, and it's so important for the players. Mm. The first couple of series you were selected to play in, I think you were, you were brought in for games two and three, so i.e. you weren't selected for whatever reason for game one. Was there someone ahead of you at, at that time? Oh, Bradley Clyde was always ahead of me. Oh, um, he was such a great player. I mean, he was... You know, he, if I was picking a side, I would pick him in, ahead of me. <laughs> That's how good he was. Um, but, you know, fortunately for me, he was injured a lot. So um, they couldn't find a spot. Well, I, I wasn't even sort of thought of for the first game um, in, in 1989 when that was my first year. And I remember being at the St. George Leaf Club and we watched the game and we lost. And then this, this lady turned around, this supporter, she was pretty old and she'd been there and around the trash, she said, they need to pick you. Mm. And I was just going, oh, yeah, 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 thank you. And and then I was polite and walked out. And yeah. and literally two days later, you know, Kari said, mate, you've been picked. And I, I just, I, honestly, I mean, it was it was amazing. It was a it was a great feeling. Mm. Um, it was a feeling of recognition of, of how I'd gone. But the next year, um, yeah, for some reason, I didn't get picked in the first game. I think they had too many back rollers that were playing good. And they they left me out, and they picked me for the and they lost that game, and then they picked me for the second game, and um, it was an interesting time because I think that was the game where I had to I was picked at six. Yeah, I know I was picked at three, I was picked at four, I was picked at six, and then I was picked at thirteen and and the second row, and and I I, I was picked on the interchange bench for seven of those seventeen games, and mm. um, but one game I had to I had to come up against Wally Lewis, and can you imagine that? Oh, like yeah. I'm twenty and I'm playing against. The king, yeah. like the, the the greatest state of origin player ever, and um, I just didn't know what. I was, I was just going to run out and play how I normally play. Yeah, um, Jack was always of the feeling that you pick the best thirteen players and then you find a position for them. Yes. So that well, that's very much what, what Freddie what Freddie's doing now, isn't it? You know, he's got three fullbacks in the team, and it could have been four if Pappenhausen was fit. Yeah, absolutely. And funnily enough, Jack was the guy who gave Freddie Fitler his start. Well, he gave go. him his name, sorry. He couldn't think of Freddie's first name. And he <laughs> called him off, uh, well, Freddie, 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 Freddie Fitler. That'll do. That'll do. Well, there <laughs> you go. Isn't that a nice, a nice start. little tale? Isn't that a nice tale? Yeah, what did You, you must have a load of memories, Brad. Talking to Brad Mackay, by the way. You must have a load of great memories from, from or, your oh. time in origin. Any any on-field um, highlights for you? What about that 91? Was it the 91 series? Was that the farewell for, for Wally Lewis? And I think he, he came up against, uh, well, they had a bit of a stoush, didn't they? Him and Mark Geyer. No, oh, that was that was just such a, a heated moment. Yeah, I mean, I've got so many memories, and 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 fortunately, playing against the greatest player ever in Origin, you know, the King, it was it was it was always daunting. And and him and him and Mark Geyer, I mean, Mark says that you know he didn't didn't know whether to ask for his autograph or punch him in the face. But, <laughs> you know. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and, and I mean those are those are etched in history. They, they will always be shown in. And that highlights. would have been the same game. Uh, Snoz uh, booted it from the sideline to win, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's right. No, we well we won that game, which put us into a decider because I think we lost the first game of that series. Mm. Memory's fading a little bit, but um, I mean that was a fantastic kick, a fantastic moment. We scored a late try. We we kicked the goal, and we're going into the third game one all. So. Um, you know, that was a celebration that was, 
you know, we still had a job to do the next week, the next um, the next game, but it was just a, such a celebration to think that we could get there because we felt like we were so far behind that whole game. Mm. As I say, you, you played seven series in a row since making your origin debut for New South Wales in 89. 92, 93, 94... I'm pretty. I think you won three series in a row. So the tide was certainly turning, wasn't it? New South Wales way, and um, we we rewind not so long ago, and they went on to win about ten of eleven series. But uh, they were great days for the Blues back in the mid nineties. Mate, they were great days because we had such an even even um, distribution of great players. I mean, they they had Alan Langer and Wally Lewis, and then Alan Langer and and Kevy Walters. We had Ricky Stewart, Laurie Daly. You know, we had uh, Lazarus. They had they had players. Mm. They matched each other. I, I, I personally think the ten years that um, Queensland won, or was it ten or eleven? I'm, I'm not sure. But the who ten cares? Years that who they cares? Won, yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Let's bottom out. But, I mean, I really feel like they had an amazing side. They had Cameron Smith, they had Thurston, they had Inglis, they had all those, all those unreal players. But we also lacked those players. You know, we didn't have anyone to match. And we, we were struggling. Every year we were changing halfback by that combination, Hooker combination. Um, we were struggling to find someone of that equality. And um, they seemed to just have the lion's share of the best players. But back in the days, in the 90s, we had an equal share of unbelievable players, and um, that's why the game was so good back then, I believe. Mm. You had some great coaches, as we've touched on, Jack Gibson, uh, Tim Sheens, Phil Gould in origin, um, some wonderful men to, to work to work under. And I guess they're similar in some ways, but different in many others. Oh, no, very different, very different. Um, mm. Tim Sheens was just coming off his his great record with Canberra and he just sent them in the grand final, lots of grand final wins and, and so much success. He was very analytical. He would read a game well. Jack Gibson was the opposite. He, mm. he had, you know, he would, um, he would give you a little, a small sort of task to do. Yes. Um, but he relied on you to be yourself. Um, Phil Gould, on the other hand, um, I think Phil was probably the pick of those, those coaches. He was, he knew how to motivate you. He mm. he used to give us a story before the game every before the Wednesday night game on a Tuesday night. He'd give us a bedtime story. Yes. And and honestly, your 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 blood would be boiling. You'd you'd be mm. chilling. You'd you feel like you you would do anything for for you, for your team, mm. for your state, Love it. Um, anything for your family. It was just I, I sort of get still get a, a few you know goosebumps thinking about some of the speeches he's made. I remember him. I don't remember every one of them, but, um, you know, he was so good at that. And, um, you know, I think Gus is probably the pick, but, but you know, they're all very, very good. Mm. No, I didn't ask you to tell me who was the best, but there's some lovely stories you've just rattled off there. And, uh, yeah, I, I love listening to Gus as well. This current team we've got, Brad, and uh, I'll let you go, mate, because you've got other, other things to worry about. Um, it's pretty good, isn't it, this young Blues team? It's very good. It's outstanding. It's um, it's amazing how they they went about their business the other night. It's going to be totally different, you know, Sunday night. Don't worry about that. Queensland love this. They love being the underdogs. They love being completely written off. And I, I you know, Brad Fittler, I think is the coach for this moment because he's not going to let that happen for the Blues. He's going to. I can hear him in his in his in his talks with the media and stuff like that. He's been very very focused on not 
but I was forgetting about the first game because, you know, Queensland are going to be so much better than what they were the other night. I think they lost Christian Felch, and he was a massive loss. He was, he was probably the most dominant player on both sides, and they lost him early to a head knock. Um, none of those players are going to play that bad. None of those players are going to be that, the same player they were the first game. And um, I, I think New South Wales um, are, are in for an ambush at the moment, but I think they're going to be good enough to, to cope with it. I think thanks, thankfully to Brady, will have, you know, Freddie will have their their minds where it should be and not mm. thinking about the first game. Yeah, let's hope so. Brad Mackay, always a pleasure to talk to you, mate. Um, um, I, I loved watching you in red and white. I loved uh, playing with you over there at Western Reds, and I, I loved you in sky blue as well. You, you did a wonderful job for our state, and I know you're very proud of your achievements. Thanks for joining us on Higher Ground. My pleasure, Chris. Thanks, mate. There he is. Great man. He's in Brad Mackay. Brad Mackay. And, um, yeah, wonderful fella, but wasn't he a good player? There was nowhere he couldn't fill in, Brad Mackay. You're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Morris. This is Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Yes, higher ground indeed. Uh, it's coming up to, well, bang on, 8 past 10. We're here till 11 o'clock as we, uh, well, we count down to uh, the Women's State of Origin match tomorrow night, Sunshine Coast Stadium. And as we said, Jimmy Smith will uh, will call that one with Katie Brown. So tune in to that one and uh, the big one on Sunday. Uh, we'll be there as well doing that for you. Uh, can Queensland somehow turn things around? Big, big task ahead of them, haven't they? Huge task. And as I've been saying uh, tonight, there are a few things in their favour. Um, and it might sound a bit like me clutching at straws, but let's let's look at the facts here. They must win to level the series. They are at home. Cameron Munster has had a few games under his belt. He was, um, he was underdone in game one. Um, Christian Welch, he spent 10 minutes out there or 11 minutes game one. And the big, big in for them, uh, obviously, is Josh Papali'i. Uh, he, you, you can't understate how important he is to that pack. And I've already said it, yeah, they're at Suncorp Stadium. It's a different beast altogether up there. So I'm sure it will be a, a much more competitive uh, game, uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. Listen, keep those texts coming in too. Uh, the text line 0457 736 736. 0457 736 736. Uh, this one from uh, Nathan. Hey, Katie, how was your Mad Monday? Well, I've got no, no idea about that. Uh, because, A, it's Thursday. Why are we talking about Monday four days after the event? Maybe that's a private joke. Don't know, between Nathan and Katie, but um, KB, you can hear KB tomorrow night. With Jimmy Smith calling the Lady State of Origin. And uh, another one here. Uh, g'day, good evening. Enjoying the show, Chris. This is Warren from Blacktown, New South Wales. Um, I have been asking, who do you think will win? And uh, by how much? And who will get man of the match? Uh, this is uh, from Warren from Blacktown. Uh, Nathan Cleary to get man of the match. And uh, the Blues to win by 16. I'm pretty much with you there, uh, Warren from Blacktown. I think Blues will win the match. I think Blues will win by 13+. Plus. And for me, it will be Damien Cook, man of the match. And down on my knees in the dust.
Welcome to Higher Ground with Chris Warren. I found my way back to a higher ground. Welcome back to yeah, Higher Ground. Great to have you company. Keep those texts coming through. 0457 736 736 is that text line. Well, uh... A man that's been in and around both Origin camps over the past few days is NRL.com senior reporter, I think we should call him, Zach Bailey. Does a wonderful job for NRL.com. He's here, there and everywhere. And if there's something you need to know, this bloke is the go-to man. Zach, how are you, champ? Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Chris. I thought uh, senior just meant you're getting old in this game. <laughs> well, no, mate. No, you're you're still very young in this game. No, uh, no, you're senior. No, I, you, I think you're the executive executive uh, producer slash senior reporter these days. You're going from strength to strength, loving your work, and always good to have a chat, mate. You've been. Uh, let me just get this right. You're in Maroons camp today, I believe. You spent a few days with the Blues. You've been with the Maroons today. Um, how are they feeling? This Felice Cafusi photo with Jerome Luai, is that just been a bit of a beat-up or what? I can't believe we're still talking about it. Was It's two mm. weeks since Origin won a couple of weeks ago in Townsville. And it was funny because I saw this photo after the game and I thought it was a great photo. And it didn't really start to get traction until over the weekend, really. And I'm like... That's 10 days, you know, after Origin 1. But once people started talking about it and it was on social media and, you know, every ex-pundit, every ex-player, analyst, whoever started having their say about it, mm. then it obviously added a little bit of fuel to the fire and it got a little bit spicy. But uh, Felice Cafusi has spoken about it publicly for the first time uh, today. He basically said, look, we don't need any more motivation than the humiliating loss that they had. But he did say... Uh, that he was embarrassed by it and that he uh, he wants to get one over Jerome Luai this time. So, I mean, Good luck. the playmakers in Origin always have a target on their back, but Jerome Luai, public enemy number one, up here on uh, Sunday night, no doubt about that. Talking of targets, right, we're, we're reading today, and I think I read it on NRL.com. Um, you may have even written it, I don't know. Um, Cleary and Luai planning to bomb the hell out of Reese Walsh, this youngster on debut at the age of, of 18. Um, do you expect him to come under a heap of pressure? 100%. They'd mm. be mad not to. Mm. I mean, like, we even saw on the weekend uh, Manly taking on the Gold Coast Titans uh, on Sunday, and you know they put up a bomb. Tom Trebojevic outleaked Jaden Campbell, who's very similar stature, very sim- similar in terms of experience as Reese Walsh. He may be great, but he's, he's you know he's not going to really compete with Tom Trebojevic and Matrell Mitchell in the air. So that is definitely a worry. And there's no better uh, kicker, I don't think, in terms of or executor and those torpedo bombs and those. Mm-hmm. those wild kicks and Nathan Cleary. So he's in for a long night, there's no doubt about that. But it does come down to the you know, the escorts. It's one of the famous words we hear through commentary or analysts uh, these days that um, the, the players off the ball will have to do the best to protect Reese Walsh, albeit they have to do it legally, which is sometimes hard to do. So there's no doubt he will be, this will be the biggest game and the toughest game of his career, especially if the Maroons are on the back foot because... Uh, yes, he can be flashy and he can produce all those great plays, those cut-out balls, you know, the, the left and right foot step. But, you know, so can Cam Munster. So can Daly Cherry Evans. So can these players who didn't get a chance to do that in Origin 1. So it'd be, it could be a long night for Reese Walsh on debut if the Maroons don't get on the front foot. 
Did I hear Blues coach Brad Fittler talking about Walsh and and and, and him diving, taking taking a dive? Is that something that's uh, that's crept into his game already? Yeah, well, I was just sitting back watching uh, Channel 9 News and there was a report by Danny Weidler, their senior journalist, um, speaking about Reese Walsh and a couple of comments that Brad Fittler had made. And he said that basically this is another level. Um, hopefully, uh, Walsh has read DCE's gentleman's agreement and it mm. still stands for game two, not only game one. And he said he's playing with the big boys now. So he didn't he didn't come out and say, look, mm. he's, a, he's a diver and he milks it, but... The report suggested that that was where Freddie was going. And um, Freddie's, before game one, I spoke to him, he said, look, in the heat of the battle, people are going to do things. Um, it's up to the individual player. But if you dive in origin, you have to live with that for the rest of your life. You, you'll be known as a diver. Um, so, but then again, um, it's been a pretty relatively quiet build-up. So Freddie might be just... Yeah. Fuel on the fire, no doubt that'll you know that that'll get under the skin of the Maroons. So he's just added a bit of ammo, um, along with that Jerome Luai, uh, Felice Cafusi um, photo. So mm. uh, the Maroons, no doubt, will be fired up at home this weekend. I think Freddie's just pointing out to uh, to any newcomers to this Origin series that we do have that gentleman's agreement, and uh, in Origin one, <laughs> uh, we all adhere to it. So for you new boys in town, <clears throat> Reese. Uh, no diving. So I guess he's just uh, he's throwing that out there. I do like what you journos do, right, and you're digging out all these stats. Um, I'm talking to Zach Bailey, by the way, a senior reporter at NRL.com. Uh, .au, isn't it, as well? Uh, or is it just .com? What is it? .com will do. You'll find your way there. You'll find your way there. Well, I should know. It's one of my (laughs) favourites. I saw the article, and uh, so Reese Walsh, yes, he's played, what's he played, seven NRL games. He's never come up against Ivan Cleary and Jerome Luai, i.e. Warriors have not played uh, against the Panthers. So you go through the Blues team, and you work out that actually he's played against four of the current New South Wales team, and all four of those matches he's been on the losing side. Yes, I saw that as well. It wasn't done by me. Very clever. Um, I'm not too. It was. It was clever. But uh, I, I think that the more, more, despite the losses, was the fact that he's just thrown in at such a young age in terms of NRL experience and age. Although in saying that, he's already a father, Chris. Yeah. Um, so I know it's not linked to rugby league, but he might be young. But he, it's not like he, you know. Oh, I saw that at 18 as a dad. You know, this, this kid's got um, plenty going on in his life outside of footy as well. But yeah, he's, he played Tom Trebovich, as you said, um, Josh Adokar, Junior Paulo, and Daniel Saifidi, all losses. Uh, for all those Blues fans out there, I'm sure they're hoping it's another loss, a fifth loss. Uh, this weekend. Mm. I'm sure they do. Um, oh, just on his involvement and, and selection by uh, Queensland, uh, a few uh, notables like Gus Gould. Also, I see Joey Johns as well. Uh, they're saying it smacks of desperation from Queensland. It's hard to argue against that. Yeah, and I think Joey said it right that uh, it may be an act of desperation in his eyes, but it's more so the highlighting the fact that this is a position that we've rarely seen Queensland in for the last decade or so. You know, they went on that famous um, eight series wins in a row. They lost one and they won a, a few more. And it's only been the last couple of years that the Blues have really pegged that back. Normally, 
they're the players, uh, they're, the, they're the team that have these players that the Blues would want to play. But, you know, look at the Blues team now. They've got Tom Trebojevic, they've got Latrell Mitchell, they've got James Tedesco. Absolutely. Uh, three fullbacks, three of the best fullbacks in the game. They've got Ryan Pappenhausen out injured. They've got Clint Gutherson, who's not even getting a start. You look at all the, these fullbacks, any one of those would be the starting fullback for the Maroons mm. in this game. Yeah, absolutely. It just highlights their lack. Of, and, you know, Kirk Capewell um, playing in the centres. Uh, on the opposite side that he plays his club level footy, just shows that yeah he did a great job last year. Don't get me don't get me wrong, and he's a great player, but it just shows that they're skinny in the backs mm-hmm. due to injuries, and oh, I guess they, they might be just going through a phase where they don't have the players and the depth that New South Wales have, and the Blues have been there in the past. Uh, how things have changed, eh? How things have changed. Well, uh, let's enjoy it while we can. But as you point out, uh, this this team is very young. This Sky Blues team, and um, yeah, who knows? They could stick together for you know the best part of the next decade or so. Who cares about the Queenslanders and their talent drying up? You talk about Capewell. Now I'm reading reports tonight that uh, he's signed a three-year deal uh, with Brisbane Broncos beginning next year. Nothing confirmed. Any whispers around the Queensland camp? There were no whispers around the camp today. That news has come out uh, recently tonight. The Broncos have been chasing Kirk Cable for a while, so there's, there's no doubt that his manager has been working on this deal behind the scenes for a while. He'd be a great pickup um, for the Broncos. He's a kind of hard, uh, you know, senior forward um, on, on the edge. He's played at rep level. He's played in grand finals, uh, in final series uh, and grand finals. So he, he's definitely a great pickup for the Broncos. Um, I know I was watching Ben Eichens last uh, show on NL360 last night, mm. and he said uh, when, a, when a fan wrote into him, who's the one player that, if you could sign one player right now, Brisbane, who would it be? And uh, maybe he knew more and he gave a little bit of insight, but he said uh, Kirk Capel would be my man. So mm. perhaps he was just uh, alluding to the fact that he already knew something that we didn't. But uh, that would be a great pickup. A big loss for the Panthers. Of course, they've got the likes of uh, Liam Martin, Viliami Kikau, Isaiah mm. Yo in their back row. Um, so they've got a plenty of choice there. But, uh, yeah, a big pick-up for the Broncos if that's confirmed over the next day or so. i tell you, who would have enjoyed uh, Benny Eichen saying that would be Kurt Capewell's manager because I reckon he just bumped his price up probably about 25% uh, having the comments by the new football manager. Uh, let's talk about New South Wales. Uh, more importantly, hey, more importantly, New South Wales. You've been with them too earlier in the week. So they've moved now to Brisbane. Um and away from Kingscliff. Everything okay there? Uh, any disruptions with all the COVID stuff? They're actually still in Kingscliff. Uh-huh. They're not up here. They're, they're set to travel up, I believe it's on uh, Saturday. Right. Uh, the Maroons will travel up tomorrow. The Blues will travel up on Saturday. They've got their captain's run in the afternoon. Um, but uh, no, no disruptions given they had already made the move. And it was, I mean, in hindsight, it's a very, very smart move to get out of Sydney when they did. I know there's a lot of... Um, Fans, you know, I think it's two and a half thousand fans that can't get up here. Yeah. Uh, at least across the border now, there's uh, players, family members that can't get up here, sadly, mm. and uh, watch their sons or even daughters in the women's match, which is tomorrow night on, on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, they can't can't get up here. There's some journalists that can't get up here who are absolutely filthy, and I'm rubbing it in. Don't you worry about that. So mm. it's nice uh, t-shirt and short weather up here at the moment. But just on the Blues camp. Uh, a couple of days ago, they had Mark Matthews, the big uh, big wave surfer that was brought into camp. That. Freddie brought in basically to talk about um, how they can use fear to their advantage. Mm. And I think the, the whole thing is the fear of Suncorp, that 
cauldron. Mm. You know, the Blues have only won two of their last 14 matches there. Freddie's never coached a team to a win there. Damien Cook's about to play his 11th origin matches, never won there. Um, and today, Boyd Cordner arrived, well, last night, Boyd Cordner, the former Blues uh, captain, arrived in camp, so he's in there trying to inspire the boys. And another uh, big name, Aussie, uh, Mick Fanning. Obviously, mm. obviously he's a big... Uh, uh, a three-time world champion surfer, but he's also a big Panthers fan and a blue, although he's uh, done most of his damage on the Gold Coast, surfing his way at, you know, through Kira and Snapper and Diva and those mm. those breaks. But, uh, yeah, Freddie's bringing, bringing in the big guns. A bit of left field stuff from Freddie, which is not, not unusual. And talking about no fear, those two boys, I mean, you've got the big wave surfer. Have you seen those 80-foot waves that he surfed? And then, and then Fanning, I mean, he's, I wouldn't go back into the water after what he went through in South Africa, so they both know how to confront fear um, head on. In terms of the game itself, uh, Zach, um, any different from from game one? Are you seeing, uh, and obviously they won't tell you, but have you seen anything different in terms of the build-up, the preparation, um, the style of play that they, they they intend to go out there with? Well, uh, one of our other reporters, Todd Ballam, was down uh, mm. covering the Blues today, and he said he watched the entire session. And today is normally the big, the biggest session that both teams will have. Yeah. So the Maroons had their opposed session against the Winter Manly uh, Seagulls, who are in the Q Cup up here. Yeah. Uh, but for the Blues, he he said that not once in that session did Tom Trebojevic link up with Latrell Mitchell. Mm. Now, there's no no way is that. Am I saying that that won't happen on Sunday night because the Blues would be mad not to use Tom Trebojevic the way they did? Yeah. But in terms of preparation, they're keeping their cards on that front close to their chest. Um, mm. oh, 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 in terms of the results, uh, the Maroons are up against a big time. I think their, their squad is stronger, although Reese Walsh is a fullback. I think Valentine Holmes is uh, better on the wing. I think Josh Papali'i up front is a massive, massive yeah, I in. I think. Cameron Munster, given yep. uh, he's had another game under his belt, and I think he even said uh, this week it's personal now. Mm. Uh, I mean, he's one of the best in the game, uh, even when it's not personal. So um, I, I think they, they're they better balanced, but uh, I think the Blues go in as favourites, and rightfully so. Yeah. Even with that record at Suncorp Stadium, I mean, the, the there have been comparisons all week about is their backline the best ever in New South Wales history? I, they need to stay together for a while yet. But, uh, yeah, given what they did in game one, they no doubt go in as favourites. So uh, so your man in camp then saw them today and not once did Latrell and Tom link up on the same side of the field. Can I ask you, um, there were other members of the media there, was there a closed-off section where media weren't allowed to watch? Uh, the Blues was mm. all open. Was it the whole so session? The, the whole the cameras, session. So, so, but, so basically, yeah, yeah. So you can. Mm. So with New South Wales, generally, apart from their captains' run. So uh, generally, in the lead up to most of their their um, Origin matches, uh, the cameras might be able to get the first ten, fifteen yes. minutes of training. You know, players stretching and warming up, and maybe a couple yep. of little ball skill drills. Um, then cameras off. But I was there on Tuesday. We watched the whole session. Mm. Sandra Boyovich didn't get involved. Uh, Junior Paulo, they played Sunday, but. Uh, on the flip side, the Maroons today, uh, they trained at Seabus Super Stadium. We're in there for the first 15, 20 minutes getting our vision. Mm. See you, journos. You're outside. Get out. Yeah, get out. So a lot of that comes down to the coach, to be fair. Uh, the Maroons yeah. in previous years under uh, Mal, under Kevy, under Paul Green, yeah. they're relatively all the same. Freddie is, I, I, reckon, I think in my time, Freddie has got to be the most open 
yeah. coach in terms of media access to the players and, and vision-wise that I've ever come across. No, it's good too. It's good. Hey, Zach, I appreciate you jumping on the phone, mate. I really do. Um, and uh, enjoy enjoy Sunday up there. Enjoy tomorrow night's game too. That should be a, a cracker when the girls go hammer and tong. But thanks for joining us on Higher Ground. All good, mate. Great to chat. My pleasure, mate. My pleasure. Zach Bailey there. And you can read all of his stuff um, on nrl.com, nrl.com.au even, Zach Bailey, and uh, write some good stuff. Uh, used to work with Zach, actually, uh, many years ago at Sky Sports, uh, Fox Sports News even, and uh, he's gone on to bigger and better things. So uh, there is Zach Bailey, and thanks again for him joining us. Uh, you're listening to Higher Ground with me, Chris Warren. I just want to feel alive with you. This is Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Yeah, great to have your company. Uh, we're almost in the home straight, aren't we, here? Uh, we're here till about 11 o'clock. Uh, normally, uh, I'm on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday for Higher Ground. And uh, this week with Origin, the girls' origin tomorrow night. Oh, sorry, the women's state of origin. I shouldn't say girls, should I? Well, it's all right, isn't it? Yeah, of course. And then the boys play on Sunday. Uh, Jimmy and Katie <laughs> Brown will be calling uh, that one. That's the uh, the silent assassin you can hear over there. He's decided to join me as we uh, we try and touch this SEN 1170 jumbo uh, down onto the tarmac. Oh, you, um, you didn't need me, Chris, this evening. You've done you've done a great job. Oh, you've thrown me up there into the <laughs> cockpit, and I'm flying like thank God there's a bit of autopilot. But uh, it's been a bit bit bumpy, bit bumpy out there, and uh, I hope you listeners have enjoyed the ride, and we're uh, making our approach now to uh, Sydney Town. I can see the lights down there, um, the lights of uh, Sydney Town, so we're not too far off our final destination, and uh, hopefully I'll ground this big bird safely and we land in, in one piece. Uh, but thank you, uh, Assassin, for saying I've done a good job here uh, as the pilot. Not just the presenter, but the pilot. Uh, I'm doing the panel operating, uh, making executive decisions. Um, yeah, you're not used to being over that side of the desk, are you? No. I don't mind it over here. Don't mind it over here. It's closer to the kitchen, too. Um, boys, uh, keep those texts coming, too. We've got a, a few more. We'll try and get through them if we can. 0457 736 736. That is the, uh, the text line. Keep in mind, um, this Queensland team... Uh, number of changes, haven't they? So Andrew McCulloch, uh, McCulloch, Josh Papali, Ben Hunt, they come into the squad, as we know. Harry Grant's out injured. Um, AJ Brimson, he's out injured. Now, Xavier Coates, Joe Offengawi and Jaden Sewer, they were all given the punt. Yeah, given the punt. Now, this text here, um, and he hasn't got his name on it, uh, Yes, he has. Chris from Condell Park. Um, uh, g'day, boys. Like the show. What happened to Queensland's loyalty? <laughs> yes, uh, Queensland's loyalty. You know, they, they pick and they stick, don't they, those Queenslanders? They get beaten by 50 points to six, and suddenly they're not so loyal. Thank you, uh, Chris from Condell Park, for sending that text in. Yeah, no one's ever really questioned that, have they? I guess we all just thought, well, they've got to make changes because they've been pummeled. <laughs> But, uh, it's amazing the amount of changes they made, Chris. I expected a couple, but, you know, they've made like three or four different changes. So, Well, five in total. Wow. Five. But yeah. three, of, three of them were dropped. Xavier Coates, Joe Offengawi and, uh, and Jaden Sewer. Look, they'll be much better, no doubt about it. They'll be much better. Um, can, can New South Wales be any better? Probably not, I don't think. Or, actually, look at it this way. 
they were so good, can they be better? Look at it this way. Well, this is only the second time they've played together. So they'll be better from game one. They should be, following that logic. Um, those combinations. And no longer have we got a number of players making their debut. You know, the likes of Brian Toto and Jerome Luai, mm. Liam Martin, they're no longer going to be frightened about, you know, all the nerves associated with the debut. Take that into, you know what? The Blues could be better. Oh, God. Can you imagine? Well, they were so red-hot in game one, Chris. If, if, they're, if they're any better than that, that's a scary thing for Queensland. Mm. Have you read this in today's paper, Silent Assassin? I don't know um, if you've got an opinion on it. So, right, basically, Jared Sutton, he's refereed a heap of games in a row, Origins, I think it's about 20. He's yeah. the referee, he's refereeing in game one, and he's refereeing in game two, and as sure as the sun comes up or he makes a big, big blunder, he'll be refereeing game three. So his older brother, Bernard Sutton, he used to be the boss of the NRL. He's a former NRL referee's boss. He uh, is a consultant to the Queensland group. Queensland playing squad, so he was right. in there working with Queensland and, and referee uh, Paul Green on, you know, what to expect and, you know, the ruck, how it's ruled, orange, all that sort of stuff. Consultancy. He has stood down from that role with Queensland for fear of maybe costing his brother a position as the referee. Ah, so you're talking about Bernard Sutton? Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. So Bernard stood down from the consultancy role with Queensland because he thought, oh, you know, it mightn't be a good look. Um, that Bernard, who's working with Queensland, his brother is the whistleblower. You know, conflict of interest. Mm. Uh, and basically he had, a, he had a chat to the NRL and they didn't say to him, we are telling you to stand down, but in as many words they said to him, maybe look that relationship with your brother and that uh, it may be taken into consideration when the appointments committee appoint referees for Origin 2, etc. So he stood down. Oh, I haven't got a problem with it myself, but... Um, yeah, no, I I think he did the right thing. You Gavin know. Badger works with the Blues, right? Yeah. So uh, you might not know, but his wife is Casey Badger, and she runs the line in, in lots of NRL games, and I think she has even refereed NRL. So does that mean she wouldn't be able to touch, be a touch judge in State of Origin if husband Gavin is working with the Blues? I think we're a bit beyond all that, aren't we? I, I don't think it matters to her because she... If she's a touchy, I think it's fine. But maybe if she's refereeing the game itself, All right. could be a different All right. You've got a problem thing. with it. That's good. No, I just wanted to garner your thought. I haven't got a problem with it, but plenty of people do think it's a bit of a conflict of interest. And um, and they agree that Bernard should have stepped away from his job with Queensland, which he has done. You're listening to Higher Ground. This is Higher Ground with Chris Warren. And I hope you've enjoyed the show. I tell you what, time does fly. Um, and I do enjoy I do enjoy it being in here in the studio, uh, talking all things rugby league. To those that have uh, called through, thank you. And text line's been a little bit quiet, so pull your finger out out there, please, listeners. Uh, get involved. <laughs> get a bit more involved uh, with the program. Now, all the COVID stuff... Um, that is happening and on a serious note I, I hope you're safe i hope you're doing the right thing and if you are affected by covid well you know we all are indirectly some more than some more than others yes it will have an effect on uh, origin too um in that you know new south wales supporters won't be able to go to the game uh it'll still be a full house up there and you know, it didn't it didn't cause a problem too much in townsville did it i'll be very interested if it does in um in brisbane chris with you know but hopefully the Blues have got their uh, mind on the job and that, that's all that will matter yeah, on the mate, day. They won't care. They won't care, Ads. Uh, and Adam is the silent assassin. Um, they won't care, mate, who's in the grandstand. They'll get the job done. 
but you know, it does help, doesn't it? it does help. Mm. You've got Blatchy's Blues, and you've normally got, I don't know, you've probably normally got about five thousand of them. I think. I was trying to get someone from Blatchy's to come on and have a chat. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was tonight as I was driving mm. in. So I went through the proper channels and and spoke with the you know the the PR man and boss of communications at New South Wales Rugby League. I said, "Can you just flick me a number for Blatchy's Blues, boss, whoever it is." <laughs> um, I'd like to have a chat. Oh no, we we can't do that. No, um, for that you need to go through uh, another department to get said uh, permission to talk. I thought, "Jeez, you give, oh, wow, give me a break, <laughs> huh?" Oh dear! Give me. I know. Ah, oh, oh, bloody dear. Um, what was I going to talk to you about? Yes, yeah, so COVID. Um, there are some implications uh, for next week too when the, um, the NRL returns. Uh, what's that going to be? Round 16, isn't it? Yes. Uh, so the Roosters are to play Melbourne Storm. That's next Thursday, so seven days from now, or, or Thursday week, today week. Now, that was to be played at the Sydney Cricket Ground. So I see that's been moved to McDonald Jones Stadium at Newcastle, uh, the Roosters v. the Storm match. So that's done, is it? That's, that's locked away. You're... Yeah, as as far as we're aware, yeah, yeah. that's been the only game moved so far. Okay, um, but yeah, it looks like they're going to look into it with the other the other games, particularly involving Canterbury, West Tigers, Penrith. Well, there's the, the other games. So you've got in Sydney Warriors, Dragons. Uh, that's to be at Central Coast Stadium, so that shouldn't be a problem. Panthers v Eels. That's already sold out. I think. I think I read that sold out at Bluebet Stadium. So Penrith, Bulldogs, Sea Eagles, Bank West Stadium, and uh, Tigers v Rabbitohs. At Leichhardt Oval, so that one might be a little bit. The Saturday and Sunday game might be a bit of an issue, but hopefully the one in Penrith will go ahead, and the one at the Central Coast, we will hope, um, at this stage, will go ahead. Mm. Tricky, isn't it? Mm. Tricky times, tricky times. And at the end of the day, you've got to think of those that are, you know, are around the world where COVID is still having such a big and um, um, traumatic impact on so many people. You, you've got to just put things in perspective. Before you start whinging and moaning and saying, you know, I can't get tickets or blah, 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 you've got to look at the bigger picture and say, God, sometimes our perspective is, is really important than it is just sport at the end of the day. I know we love it. I know it's a big part of our lives and it's more than sport for some of us. Uh, rugby league and origin, it, it's part of our life and our psyche. But if uh, if things change, you've just got to live with it. Uh, what else we got? So the, uh, the women's state of origin, that is tomorrow night, uh, Sunshine Coast Stadium. Uh, Jeff Turvey, of course, he's an assistant coach there uh, for the Blues women's team. And this will be the fourth year uh, that they have uh, played women's state of origin. The Blues won the first two, didn't they, uh, in 2018 and 2019. Last year, Queensland uh, got the shield, and we are hoping, hoping like hell, we can win that shield back tomorrow. Yeah, I just want to feel alive with you. This is Higher Ground with Chris Warren. Now, I said I was in the home straight uh, about five minutes ago. I'm not kidding you, ladies and gentlemen. We are definitely in the home stretch now. Uh, only a couple of minutes until uh, we bow out of here. I jump on my horse and I ride out of the SEN 1170 studio. And uh, I've got the weekend off. Weekend off. I haven't had one of those for a while. So um, I'll be looking to make the most of that, although it's all pretty much kid-related. We've got a couple of football games to play Saturday morning. Saturday afternoon... Uh, and then I won't be back on deck here until Monday, and I'll be filling in for Jimmy Smith doing afternoons. So I'll be doing afternoons uh, pretty much all of next week and higher ground. 
I think we're on next Friday as well. Then we're back to normal with uh, Sunday week. We'll have the NRL Match Day show. Thank you to uh, all those that have helped make tonight's uh, show what it is. Katie Brown, um, she's a trooper, isn't she? She'll be joining Jimmy Smith tomorrow uh, for that origin commentary. Uh, also to Zach Bailey, Bailey rather of NRL.com. Uh, Michael Atkinson from Channel 9 in Brisbane gave us all the lowdown, didn't he, of what's going in uh, in enemy territory um, with those Queenslanders. Brad Mackay, um, I've spoken to him before, Brad, but my goodness, I think he's a, a wonderful guy to get on. He he talks so well and articulate and with passion and energy and uh, a good, good fella. 17 origins. He played seven straight origin series uh, for New South Wales consecutively, winning four of those and and losing the three as well. And to Brett Finch, we got him up uh, at last minute. And uh, thank you to Finchie. He always tells a good yarn, doesn't he, uh, Brett Finch? And it was uh, good to chat to, to Finchie, who uh, does more and more work for this show and this station. So uh, that's about it uh, I have all got time for. Um, and the Profits Guru, don't forget you can find out all that information on beforeyoubet.com.au. Beforeyoubet.com.au. Go, you New South Wales girls, tomorrow night and bring it home, the Blues Boys, on Sunday.